Mesdames and messieurs, my dear otaku family, it is with deepest pride and shoujo trash pleasure that we welcome you to this episode. And now we invite you to grab a rice ball, plug in those headphones, as the Dub Talk crew proudly presents Kakurio. Disclaimer, disclaimer, here's what to expect for sure. Filthy language and adult themes we refuse to self-censor. If you're young, we insist. Mute the mic for those whole bits. Just a warning for the swearing. We're not nervous about sharing. We may spoil every show. After all, that's how it goes. If a series is talked about, be on your guard. Spoilers for anime are bound to be displayed. So be prepared if we share all the parts. Oh, and lastly, the thoughts and opinions of the individual members do not necessarily represent the Dub Talk Resort as a whole. Sorry, our lawyers told me I wasn't allowed to sing that part. All right, let's finish this musical number with a bang. Tonight we'll join the spirits for a fancy visit. Start the show, start the show. What's the show? Kakuri. Welcome home, Masters. It's an honor to have you return to Dub Takya, the podcast resort where your hosts will treat your anime dub needs. Be it the latest simul dubs coming out from the brand new shiny dubs coming out right now, or the old school things that have already come out but still have a lot of merit to it, we are here to service your every needs here in the greatest dub slash resort thing that has ever existed. And to join me tonight, I have assembled the finest members of the staff here. We have our head chef prepared to serve up the finest dishes of all time. Say hello to Jamal. How you doing, ladies and gentlemen? Now, what's on the main menu tonight for uh, eating, Jamal? Uh, pretty much uh, New York strip steak uh, topped with uh, fried onions and served with a side of zucchini. Ooh. Now, does, d does any of that come with melted chocolate? Well, yeah, but I need baby oil first. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> Why I, did you I, do that, Noah? I you gave knew him this a card. I gave him a card, and he played it perfectly. That's why I have God this man damn here. Damn it! <laughs> and now, once you have completed your meal, we have you will be treated to excellent hosting services by our head hostess, Gigi. Bonjour, comment ça va? Do we have the, the the pillows fluffed up and the beds made up for all of our guests tonight, Gigi? Dude, that's not what a host club does. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> well, not in our little, uh, our little resort, I guess you're right. <laughs> and after you have enjoyed a wonderful night of food and rest, you can uh, pay our accountant your tab. Uh, that would be Lilac right over there. <laughs> oh god. Mom Chan well, gets the I money. The accountant all of a sudden. <laughs> Why do I get the shit job? Lila, like, do you really expect me to trust these other two with the money? Hey. <laughs> Look, I got Nendo's to buy. Exactly. You 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 make a fair point, but 
I mean, can't I at least be at the front desk or something? Like, you, why can, am I doing this? Can, <laughs> what, can you turn into a spider? No, but I can turn into a tanuki. Does that count? Oh my god. All right. You can be our trash panda. Woo! <laughs> 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 okay, we're listening already here. And, we're and, off to and Star, the, ladies and gentlemen. I am the ogre god, Noah Clue, here to supervise. No, you're not. No, you're I, not. I am the Dragon King. No, you're you not. You sit down. <laughs> no, no. You I, troll. I, 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 if no, that was the troll that lives under the bridge. <laughs> oh, I thought that was Hardy. He's too no, big no, to no, be a no. troll. Okay, that all right. terrible. I, I feel the love here tonight. So, um, can you feel can the love you, can tonight? Can you feel the love tonight? The peace the yeah. evening brings. And I can hear the music too. Clearly, that's going to be a running theme tonight. <laughs> Any, anyways, anyway, so uh, we should probably tell the the guests what uh, what we're talking about tonight, shouldn't we? Probably. So, um, we we are in the middle of the. Uh, the simuldub season right now, and Funimation has been very nice enough to bless us with many, many great shows for the spring season. And the one that we're going to be talking about tonight is Studio Gonzo's Kakarillo. Uh Kind of translated, it means The Hidden Realm, or the long title for it is Bed and Breakfast for Spirits, which is a series that takes place in what's called the Hidden Realm, full of Japanese folklore spirits, monsters, beings of all sorts of mythological uh, persuasion. It's really also It's a really cool place to visit, unless of course you are an imprisoned uh, prisoner. Because uh, our lead character is a 19-year-old college girl named Aoi Subaki, who had the world's greatest grandpa. But <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's a fucking lie. Greatest <laughs> in quotation marks. Stockholm He's syndrome. <laughs> oh boy. Let, let's say Aoi had the kind of grandpa who. He's a great guy, just not to have as an actual grandpa. Probably Be not. Because he managed to rack up a huge debt in the spirit realm, in the hidden realm, and he's dead now, so they can't quite collect on that. And so, uh, before he died, though, he left Aoi as his collateral. So, basically, she is saddled with his one million yen debt to the spirit realm until she pays it off. And if she can't pay it off, she has to marry Odana, the ogre god, who is one of the headmasters of this realm here. It's a really nice guy, but um, if you've read any fairy tales, not getting married without really wanting to be is no fun for anyone. So Aoi has the task now in the spirit realm of trying to make up the money to get out. How is she going to do it? That's what we're going to try to figure out here tonight. Side note, Odana in the English is just referred to as master. Correct. Like, his, his actual name is never said, which is weird to me, Daddy. but it's all right. Oh, God, don't start. No, no. <laughs> he can be no. my master any day. No. no. Get back in your box, Gigi. I live no. in a cage. It's too early for this. Yeah. It's too early. No. God damn it. You brought I it up. I mean, I'll, I'll be nice and say that he's actually a nice guy. You know, he's not a bad character. He's just... Nobody wants to get married against their will. It's called I mean. Stockholm Syndrome. <laughs> we'll get to the Stockholm Syndrome, trust me. Anyway. So, my um, dreams. Is, I'll say, um, like we said, this is um, one of the series that's getting a dub a couple weeks after the, sh the uh, Japanese episodes come out, which is awesome. We love us some simul dubs. 
but who could we possibly get to dub a series like this? We need a crackerjack team of spirit professionals to do it. So um, I'm actually going to ask my uh, cohorts here if they had any predictions for who would be the dub people in this. Uh, Lilac, uh, you want to go first in terms of who might direct and or write this series? I sure will. And side note, I think most of the discussion, just for heads up sake, most of the discussion tonight is going to be for the first three episodes of the show. Um... Because I think that's what we decided on, and also I only watched the first three episodes of the show, right, <laughs> so that's right. as far as we're gonna have to go with it. Uh, in regards to predictions, um, there were a couple of shows that are pretty similar to this one uh, that I came with the thought process of why don't we bring the director writing team coming in from these other shows and bring them here because it would be a good fit. So my writer pick, I only had one writer pick. And uh, because of his work at, with uh, Token Rambu Hanamaru, I decided to pull him into this, and I had Clint Bickham mm. as my writer. In terms of directors, I had two possibilities. Uh, both have directed so shows similar to this nature, and both I wanted to see come into this show. So my second choice in director was actually Tia Ballard. I haven't seen her direct anything in a while. I think The Royal Tutor was the last thing I might have seen her direct. But I was like, okay... I, I want to have Tia come back as a director because she's awesome and I feel like this is a good fit. She's going to be directing this show. Please and thank you. Uh, my first choice in director though because she's had a lot more experience directing similar shows like this such, such as Token Rumble on Tomorrow again uh, but also Konohana Kiton from the fall season. Uh, I and, this, and this show has a lot of Konohana Kiton vibes. I'm not going to lie. So I had Jade Saxon as my other director pick here. Now, now when you say similar to Hanaram, uh, yeah, Konohana Kitan, Konohana Kita or Token Rambu, you mean like um, the uh, old world Japanese setting? Kind of, yes. Okay. I mean the old world Japanese setting with Konohana Kitan, but the Token Rambu elements is all the Bishi boys <laughs> coming into play, of course. Uh, and let's face it, this show has some Bishi gentlemen going on here. Uh, so she can wrangle some of the, them boys to oh, come I'm, in here. She's got a bullwhip, I'm sure, to wrangle perfectly well. Oh, yes. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, so Jamal, going along that same line there, uh, did you have predictions for directors and writers? Yeah, let me just try to contain my anger for a second. Uh, oh, God, d this is because we talked about the show that we shouldn't be talking about. Yeah, I guess. But I also, yeah, I, but the thing is, my prediction is, because I also had a Kodahada Kitan vibe too, so, because my first prediction was actually the pretty much a pair, and that was Jade Saxton for director, Deborah Craig as the scriptwriter. Okay. Yeah, that would work out. But, uh, my la but here's the thing though, because I had three for each, my last two predictions kind of go hand in hand based on the tweet I saw. And I had both Kristen McGuire and Emily Neves because I remember a tweet saying that those two were going to be office mates. So I figured they'd be working on an anime together. Okay. It's so, interesting that, like, um, aside from uh, the Clint guests, yes, it seems like both of you guys went with uh, mostly female uh, directors and writers for this show. Mm -hmm. um, presumably because the show is much more romantic in nature and has a female lead to it. It's shoujo trash. The show I'm about is to say, straight it's more... up 1,000% trash. 
I think it's more it's more for me because it shoots it this this series is for a more female demographic and I mean Gigi Gigi can attest to this too like we we really do want to see more shows that are geared towards the female audience a lot more oh yeah and with certain direct with with some directors who handle them Mm -hmm. like royal tutor and tia bala directing that one is a perfect example like they know how they know the audience that they're shooting for and they know how to cater it the the show to them so personally i'm like i think it should be the same situation here honestly okay and that's, I mean, I have similar bite too. Um, I'll get into that a bit after we listen to uh, Gigi's predictions. Of Gigi, prediction away. So do you want my real predictions or like no. the joke predictions that I'm going to just put you, throughout this episode? I brought you into this tavern for your joke predictions. Come on. So my Why? first prediction is David Wald. And my <laughs> for what? For what? Director. And my second prediction is David Wald for, direct, <laughs> for writer. <laughs> A one-man show, huh? <laughs> David, oh, no. God damn it. God damn it. Oh, he already has, Gigi. I know. He already has. But my real predictions uh, for writer, it was Caitlin Barr because okay. she is Bay, and I love her. And she just, you know, moved into Funimation, and I wanted her to be on a shoujo show. She wrote Haikyuu, so I know she knows what the girls want, and this yep. is what we want. And as for my director, along the same lines of everybody else, uh, I also picked Jade Saxton because this show looks exactly like Token Ranbu. It looks exactly yes. like Konohana Kitan. It must be all the kimonos and shit or whatever. But Jade Saxton also knows how to wrangle a very big ensemble cast, which because this show is too core and it's shoujo trash and it's a reverse harem. She needs, somebody needs to do it. Somebody needs to be the boy wrangler. Jade Saxton's very good at wrangling boys. So those are my, my real predictions. You say that and then there's two of us here. Well, see, I don't, I don't get this. Like, this is the trash show of the season on Funimation. And yet there I are boys no, in I here. I don't know about that. I take umbrage with you calling it a trash show. This is the, the trash only show of the season is high school DXD. No, that's not. <laughs> that for is girls. utter trash. That's not for me. That's the boy trash show. It's the still sh- trash. Though. The shoujo <laughs> trash show is this. This is the only one Funimation chose to dub, unless you are on Team GG, where Legend of Galactic Heroes is a BL. <laughs> which in which case look, there now look gonzo has made plenty of trashy shows in the past you want a trashy show go watch um speed graffer there is a great trash oh, show for you. what oh the God. fuck is that no does it have boys no. in it oh no <laughs> if it doesn't have boys in it i'm not interested it oh, has it, boys in it. It has boy, shirt, hot, it, shirtless, superpowered boys in it. It's a very, very dark mystery show of sorts. But that is it's, for a completely different episode. It is trash, though. Like, that bring show it, is trash. So, um, bringing it to this show, which I don't think is trash, but I think we're going to It's not that trash. It's shoujo trash. As in, when I did my shoujo trash podcast, this was the only show that we picked from Funimation because... It was the only one worthy enough to have a largely female audience and had a bunch of boys in it. That was dubbed. If that, so if that's your definition, yes, if that's your it definition, is. Then okay, we'll go with the Anywho. GT gold standard here. 
the uh, uh, we I am proud to say that my cohorts here were very good at their guessing game because um, I was not in the camp of guessing uh, all the ones they had because I guessed Caitlin Glass as the director. Uh, okay. For, for the sake, some of the same sake of she does ensemble groups very well, and she also does. I'm not gonna call it shoujo trash, but she does shoujo shows very well. She's done uh, Love Lie, she did Fuka, she did Suzuka, she's done quite a few in the past, or in the recent uh, history actually. And this seemed like with the troubles that Aoi is going through, that this would be the kind of thing that Caitlin's already geared towards. And as far as writing it, because she's been starting to write a lot more for Funimation, I also thought that Evelyn Neves would be a good person to write okay. this. Probably because I heard her writing in on Hyoka, and I thought that her mm. um, uh, the way that uh, the dialogue conveyed a lot of emotions would translate well to a show like this, where there's a lot of conversations amongst characters to convey their their thoughts, their feelings, and I thought, okay, that's kind of up Emily's wheelhouse. So now I, I have to say, who wins the prize and who has to scrub the dishes? David Wong. I think all of us do. I think all of us do, actually, in some yeah. way. Yeah, in a way, all of us got some of it right here, because the director... As a surprise to no one was Jade Saxton and Tia Ballard. Whoop whoop! Yes, two core show, and we have double the trouble in terms of directors here. So, J yeah, so like you guys said, Jade Saxton uh, has directed quite a few shows in, for Funimation recently. She did interviews with Monster Girls. She directed Token Rambu Hanamaru. Uh, she directed Convenience Store Boyfriends. And I'm sorry, Jamal, to bring this up again, but yes, she did direct... Anohana Kitan, the show what? that we wanted what? to do an episode for, but we didn't. One day, one day that will get an episode. One day, one day we'll make an episode of it, because I yeah. love that show. <laughs> it's yes. adorable. I want to do that one. It really was. So um, all you guys, go watch that show after you're done watching this one. Yes. Also, um, Tia Ballard's directing. Um, she's also got quite a long list of credits to her name. Um, she's also she directed Kiss Him, Not Me. She directed, like Lilac said, The Royal Tutor. She directed Chain Chronicle, The Light of Hayasiatas. And I had to make sure that we weren't going to talk about this one, because I, I know everybody wants to talk about this one. She directed In Another World with My Smartphone. No one wants to talk about that one. I, wa I want to talk about why that's got commentaries, not that bucket, but that's just me. Alejandro, do you want us to do an episode about In Another World with my smartphone? Nope. No, he <laughs> wants no, us no. to do an episode of, of uh, my no, first, no, no, first no, 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 no. We're not going to mention that one. No, 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 no. We're not going to mention that one. No. Oh, no. no, we are going to talk, though, about our writer. Um, and as uh, a couple of us did predict, it was indeed Emily Neves. Who is the ADR director, or not the director, sorry, has been the scriptwriter for shows for both uh, Sentai and Funimation in the past. But I'm only going to focus, I'm going to focus on her writing for Funimation for this one here. If you've heard her write for something in the past, you may have heard her write for Urahara. You may have heard her write for Sky Wizards Academy, a.k.a. Oh the greatest, sh the greatest magical girl, no, magical academy show ever created. Why are we bringing that trash up? Cody Balfour, the Did best guy wizard. Did you just make that Balfour. up? There's no way she wrote for that. Go look it up. I don't will. She also wrote for Hyoka, like I said. And a uh, show kind of similar to this in the um, uh, fairy tale vein, she wrote for Snow White with the Red Hair. Mm-hmm. So that, that's a wide range of talent and a whole bunch of estrogen in the show. Uh, Jamal, 
tell us a little bit about your reaction to the first couple of episodes of Kakarillo. Uh, before I get into anything, I just want to preface by saying, HOLY SHIT, JAKE SACKS IS COMING TO FLOOR THE SUPERCARD! Hey! Someone's excited! Well, that's great, Ooh. I guess. Say hi for us. Oh, you by the time, I will. It, it, when does that con take place? When is Florida Supercon? Uh, July 12th to the 15th, I think. Oh, so it's next month. Okay, yeah. But I'm thinking, so like, when this us. episode comes out. It the end should... of the month. Then the go to FloridaCon if it hasn't already happened. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, the... Like I, like I stated in the... What was it? Silver Guardian episode? Jade has a thing for directing shows with a lot of sincerity. Yes, I remember that. I say that, and then there's one other show I found out she's directed, but we're not talking about that. But, <laughs> you know, she really plays to her strengths very well, and the fact that Tia is jumping in on this leads me to believe that, you know, it's it's a really good pairing when, you, when they work together. Mm-hmm. They manage to keep the flow of the show going very well, faithful to the service, can be. But I can't help but think, I wonder if one of them is on a project or something, if both of them are co-directing. Yeah, we don't have an idea about exactly who directed which episodes, or if they're splitting it directly in half. Um, yeah. Uh, it sounds for, like they uh, might sp- be splitting it. Yeah, according to the to the show page, they're splitting it. it they all do the equal amount of episodes. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it's like one directed episode one, then the other directed episode two, and then they go back and forth possibly. No, not all today. They got be like, you just direct like various pools of each episode. Oh, yeah, okay. which probably makes a lot of sense because um, both of them are probably in a few shows that are popped up this season. Like, um, for example, Jade is in um, Steins Gate Zero again. So there's that, but... Yeah, but I'm talking about, like, if maybe they're directed as a project, that's why I mean. Well, uh, maybe. Yeah. I, I'm just more I'm just more thinking maybe because of the schedule-wise with all the other shows they're probably involved with. Yeah, true. Like I said, they managed to keep the tone very faithful to the original. They did a very good job. I do like every new script writing. I like how she manages to just keep the scripts in here, but I have a tiny little nitpick. With the first couple episodes, I don't know if it's maybe a speech pattern in the episodes or something. But I mm-hmm. keep hearing them refer to Shiro as she, though. Mm. And that kind of irks me a little mm. bit. Like, I don't know if it's like the speech patterns and the voice actor. That is weird, or... yeah. yeah. Now that you say that. I mean, it's been consistent throughout all the ones who have said his name so far. Yeah, it has been consistent, but yeah, the real name is Shiro. Maybe how it's per- maybe how they've been pronouncing it comes out strange. I don't know, but yeah, you're right. I never picked up on that. Yeah, so it's just kind of a little weird to me. But other than that, it it does very well to stay true to the show. Because mm-hmm. when you're dealing with something that's steeped in contemporary Japanese culture, you know, you you gotta you gotta walk the line a little bit. You can't you cannot stray off of this. You have to keep going with the theme consistently. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's uh, that's uh, something that could have gone wrong uh, with a lesser writer, so I'm glad that there wasn't anything, aside from that one pronunciation, that tripped you up to say, like, this is inaccurate, or this is wildly off from how it should sound. I mean, I'm not too concerned about accuracy, it's just something that picked me. I mean, it mellows out later on, but it's just 
for the first couple episodes. Maybe it's just first episode shit is out though. Oh, they say his name a couple of times in later episodes. I never picked yeah. up on that myself, so I don't know if they corrected it later on. Um, I, I think it's small enough of a change. If it's something that the directors did not realize was the correct pronunciation for it, then it's going to be in all the future episodes. Maybe that's something to keep an eye on and go back and change when they do the broadcast release. Or in the yeah. home video release, sorry. Yeah, well, we'll, we'll figure out soon. Okay. Oh, shit, she did write for Sky Wizards. I told you! I told you! I saw it too! I saw it too! I'm like, okay, cool, alright. Why don't you ever believe me? Side note, Emily Neves also wrote for Pop Team Epic, so... Yeah. (laughs) I was surprised you didn't add that credit in there, I know, right? Uh, um, I like to forget that ever happened. Oh yeah, that's right. You and the two of you didn't exactly... No, we didn't get up to that part. No, you guys didn't really like that show. (laughs) I forgot. Well, I, I was okay with it, but I, I was... I, I'm starting to catch up to it now. I think I got to, like, episode three, but I'm not in a rush to finish it. No, um, I don't blame you. Speaking of not liking Pop Team Epic, Gigi, how about this show? How, how about the Spirit <laughs> Bed and Breakfast show? You mean the Demon B&B, as I like to refer to it as? Um, so, I'm kind of surprised at the writing here, because it's literally, in parts of it, word for word, the subtitle translations... Yes, it is. Which I have, you know me, I have a huge problem with adapting like that because if you're going to, oh God, my headphones. If you're going <laughs> to, if you're going to adapt something into English, there are a lot of like little jokes or little things that you can add in there that make it more for an English speaking audience. And this show is very Japanese. So I understand why you would want to be ex- like really faithful to the subtitles, but to the point where it's like word for word translations only a couple of them actually like really needed to be word for word translation so i don't know i'm just kind of surprised because with all the improv that i'm i'm assuming please correct me if i'm wrong that emily neves did in a show called umaru chan like mm. i just i but- i feel that maybe there could have been more something like into this script right. that would have made it a little more differentiated from the Japanese version um as for the directing I think it's a good cast like it's a mix of new people and more veteran actors um and I know Jade can handle a big ensemble cast the only thing I'm really hoping for here is that and I've only seen to episode three and I don't read the manga or whatever this is based on a light novel is it based on a light novel I hope I hope that she can insert a lot of heart into this because I'm getting the Kamisama kiss feels in this and Kamisama kiss has made me cry like a bunch of times because just the dub of it is so sweet and powerful and the story is so heartwarming now the story right now my heart's not warmed at all I'm just (laughs) like I'm waiting for something to happen to maybe make the romance a little better I think in episode three it kind of got on that train then it swiftly derailed into something else. Um, but I just really hope that the directors here can pull the heart out of this. Um, Tia knows Kamisama Kiss very well, obviously. So I hope that something, because this anime is basically Kamisama Kiss with different it's characters. Lot. It's very similar. Yes. So I just, I just hope they can pull it out. But I do have one huge gripe. And again, it's a pronunciation gripe. Why the hell do they call the main character Owie? 
It's like, oh, I slipped and fell my knee. I got an owie. It's aoi. <laughs> and I specifically looked at the Japanese again before we recorded to make sure that I was right. You were right. That's it's aoi. Why is it owie? It just, oh, it grates. It grates. If you're not, if they're not careful about it, that, that sounds like one of those things that it's got a little inconsistent. Some of the episodes, they get it right, and other ones, it does have, it feels like they have an extra Y at the beginning of the name, and it sounds more like a Yowie instead of a Aoi, so. It sounds like I hit my knee on something. Yeah. God damn it. <laughs> it's unintentionally funny at some points. Um, I mean, they could have translated it to what it actually means if you really wanted to be stubborn about it. Well, what does it actually mean, Noah? Because I feel like you looked it up. I did. Um, there's a couple different translations for it, but the one that I'm pretty sure was the reason why the writer made it this way is Aoi, one of the translations is beautiful. Oh, and that would my make God. Sense. Do you know Shota Aoi from Udapri? His name oh God, here we go. beautiful boy. Here oh. we go. You done it now. I mean, there's a couple other translations. Like, it can also mean blue in some transla- in some ways of writing it, but I think the reason that she's called it in the show is because, and I'm going to get to my notes here on this one, is that this show is a huge Beauty and the Beast rewriting is entirely God what it damn is. it, here we go. Bonjour. No, it's um, I, Okay, now to all you listeners out there, I have not read any other reviews or watched or listened to any other reviews or analysis of this show. It's a very new show. Like the This is the first uh, published work by the writer. So there's no nothing else for me to go on here, but just watching the episodes, it was clearly inspired by Beauty and the Beast. Let, let's go down the rundown, shall we? Okay, it's a main character, a main girl who has to cover her paternal figure's debt by entering into a relationship with a monster character. She's given a rose, in this case it's a hairpin, and she's told that once it blooms, her time will be up. And that's the same thing that happens in the story too, like the actual fairy tale. She's got her name translates out to beautiful. She's stuck in this world until she pays off her debt. Like, there's a whole bunch of Beauty and the Beast things going on here. And to get back to your point, Gigi, about if the romance picks up or not, it's a slow burn. Like, I'm up to episode eight right now, and it's a he gradually works his way on her, and they, they start to, you know, have their little there may be something there that wasn't there before kind of moment. Oh, my God. Personally, I'm Are hoping for the Fox Boy, but, you know, thanks for wrecking it. <laughs> it's not a reverse harem. It's, yes, it is. There's only like two guys yet. You keep you keep writing that fan fiction. I will. <laughs> Thanks. Ao3. Here I come. Somebody else talk. <laughs> okay. So just yeah. to mention on the notes for the writing and the directing here, I don't have a whole lot about the direction because this is a very simple story, and so it's given very simple direction. Um, all the actors are cast to characters so that all the characters sound distinct from one another. Uh, there was a scene somewhere in episode three where about five different characters were talking to each other, and I wasn't looking at the screen. I had to turn away for a second while the audio was playing, and I could tell without looking who was saying a line because the actors were cast to have distinct voices and speech patterns to mm. one another, which is good. I really like being able to tell who a character is just from listening. So, yeah, good on Jade and Tia for that. I'm unfortunately going to have to agree with Gigi in terms of the writing, though, because it is very uh, closely translated. It's almost one-to-one to, one to the, the subtitles. There's not a whole lot of liberal writing in translating it into English dialogue. 
Honestly, I think the point of contention is kind of with the two main characters, but we'll get more on that later, though. Right, we'll get... Uh, it's Now, to some people, that may not be a big issue. Like, if you've never watched the show in sub, then that may not be something that you need focus on. But uh, for someone who watched it in sub, it stands out very heavily when the dialogue feels very uh, directly translated from uh, the Japanese. Um, and none of it has taken away from the actual dialogue so far. Like, it hits all the right emotional beats. Um, I'm just also kind of waiting for, like, that, um, like, um, uh, my heart moment. But the, the actual show itself, like, the way that it was written by the Japanese producers, it's a simple show. It's going to work its way on you gradually. Yeah, so, Lilac, um, similar thoughts to Jamal or more to Gigi and me? Here's the strange thing, because... You, you guys are saying that it's very one-to-one to the translation, or the script anyway. I kind of feel it's a bit more, has a little bit more looseness to it. Like, there is some dialogue in there where you, where, where if you're just casually watching it, you wouldn't really pick up on it. It's not completely unnoticeable, but there are pieces of dialogue here and there that I picked up on when I was watching it. Uh, just a couple hours ago now, um, where I'm like, ah, oh, this is interesting. And to be fair, I it's been a couple months since I've watched the Japanese. To be fair, so I can't I can't say it's a one for one translation. I feel like it's a, it actually is a little bit more of a loose script to a point, but I do also see the point where it's faithful for a majority of the part for the majority of it it's really faithful mm -hmm. it just has little loose bits here and there in terms of some dialogue and phrasing uh in terms of the directing i really love the direction so far i i've gotten to love jade and tia as directors for numerous reasons one of which is how they cast their shows um when we talk about the master obviously the conversation will probably come up of is, are they going to go with the, the stereotypical typecasting of this character? Because um, you could easily, you can easily throw certain individuals who have voiced this kind of character into this role before, uh, which we're probably going to talk about later. But um, I'm actually really glad that they strayed away from that immensely. Uh, <laughs> and it's because Jade and Tia have worked on similar shows of this vein too, it actually makes perfect and logical sense to have the two of them here to work on this together especially Tia because the la again the last time I've seen her direct something was the royal tutor so good on your girl for coming back into that director seat uh we've missed you <laughs> come yeah. back more often you girl. still get a free t-shirt and free box wine if you decide to come to yes. APHIS just saying yes girl we're yes, not girl. soliciting we're not going to solicit qualified directors to drink with us Gigi unless Why they not? want to she because she Tia is our honorary senpai. She is our honorary <laughs> ladies' night member. She is our honorary ladies' night member. That's that's we decided this a while ago. <laughs> Not gonna lie, um, and I feel like maybe we should induct Jade at some point now too. Um, but uh, Jamal, we're we're, catch, we're getting caught behind. We we need to have like an uh, we need to get some of the Funimation guys for drinking contests too. Apparently. God damn, that's oh, gonna God. be terrible. <laughs> that's a terrible idea. Cliff, 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 Cliff. <laughs> no, Cliff, don't drink. <laughs> One problem with that, though, Cliff doesn't drink. Not with so. that attitude. 
please, Cliff, ignore him. Yeah, he please, knows please. not what he says. Dope Talk um, is not responsible for the actions of those. No. <laughs> we'll we put that in the disclaimer. <laughs> and final disclaimer, the Dub Talk podcast is not responsible for our hosts and these stupid things that they will inevitably say. <laughs> no, a clue. <laughs> yes. No, but um, overall, in terms of staffing, uh, I, I have been enjoying it so far. I, it's just the one little thing is just the slight loose, ad- loose script. Um, where personally, I think it should be a bit more of a faithful adaptation. Um, but I don't mind having those little loose moments in the script, honestly. But otherwise, it's very solid right now. Okay, and that, that's I'm glad that we all had kind of a similar positive reaction to at least it gets across the parts that it's supposed to, whether or not it's right. liberal enough for our enjoyment. I think it kind of just depends on how much anime we watch. I'm, I'm kind of thinking yeah. about coming at this from the perspective of someone who doesn't need to have seen a lot of anime. I think anyone, even non-anime fans, can come into this and enjoy the yeah. uh, the dub of it just fine. Ab- absolutely. That's why I was saying, like, in terms of script, if you're not, if you're more of a casual anime fan, um, mm-hmm. you wouldn't notice the little bit of looseness to the script. Um, but compared to some of us who are very much heavy anime watchers, it, you can notice that little bit here and there. Yeah. So, uh, speaking of heavy anime watchers, uh, we should probably talk about some spiders now that we're, uh, we can get into the cast a little bit here. They haven't Hisoka? transformed into spiders for me yet. I'm depressed. Hisoka? Uh, Not uh, Hisoka. You need to fix that after this recording. <laughs> I told you, this is the one show I still have to catch up on for the spring, and I'm good. Okay. Fair enough. Just just think of the giant spider from Harry Potter, only a little cuter. Slightly. I, see, I, I know the picture in our main chat, what it looks like, and it's adorable oh, yeah. as shit. Yeah, yeah. Megan yeah. was so infatuated with these characters that she made one of the, the spiders the chat symbol. Yes. Yep. And I believe Anywho. she has, What did she rename the chat? She named it... The Itsy Bitsy Dub Talk Chat. Yeah, that doesn't work as a song. Talk. It does it, not work as a saga. Itsy bitsy dub dub chat. Interesting you mentioned a song because uh, one of these characters actually knows how to play music very well. Aha! Uh, Segway! <laughs> Segway! So our, our spider siblings are Suzeron and. Uh, uh, dang it, I always mispronounce it. Akatsuki. I know, Akatsuki. Akatsuki, thank you. I know the U's are silent. I, had, I just had to hear it once. Akatsuki and Suzeron, who are two spirits in the realm who have a bit of a history with Aoi's grandfather. Um, they actually lived with him for a while. Um, you find this out in some later episodes. So oh, okay, we, but I was like, wait, 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 what? <laughs> I, I, it's, it's You're a, spoiling shit for me now. I, I'm not going to say what happened with them. Just know that they are already familiar with our lead heroine through her grandfather. Okay. So, um, But we meet these two because uh, Suzeron is actually training to be a geisha, um, it's, um, it's that three-stringed Japanese pluck guitar instrument that you hear in the soundtrack. A shamisen. Sha- that's a, that's a shamisen. She is a geisha. Geisha is a completely different thing. <laughs> I mispronounced words, but yes, you look at the picture on the screen, people. You know what I'm talking about. And her brother is the head uh, desk manager for the inn where all this takes place, which is called Tenjinya, which is the main resort where which, which is the bed and breakfast for spirits of the title uh now we have to figure out who's going to play the spiders and when i say i say spiders i mean they can switch between human forms and spider forms so uh gg you have a non-david wall prediction <laughs> well i'm taking away your joke prediction i was gonna say david Wald for both of them dang it <laughs> 
Oh yeah, I want to hear David Wall do like a falsetto voice, like the theme I, of the night. Jason, put you, David Wall is everything. I did, but listen, if you can't appreciate David Wall playing a geisha, I don't know who you are anymore. I can't appreciate I mean, David Wall playing the gay man. Oh God, <laughs> this is true. Uh, um, I'm sorry. I'll, ever since that one episode, I only pictured David Wald as Token Dilf for the rest of his life. He yes, is Token off. Dilf. He's the Dilf Whisperer. He's Captain <laughs> he's Hard whisperer. Pants and he's the al- Fun Police. He's also he's also played the Bishi character. If we're talking season two of Token Rambu, oh, which we'll come back to in a little while. Uh, <laughs> anyway, for someone who's not David Wald, for Suzeron, um, I went back to Code Realize. I guess talking about David Wald, um, and I chose Stephanie Young. Because she Ooh, okay. played the queen in Code Realize. And Suzeron, I wanted to be, you know, like a badass girl. So I was like, yep, that's her. And for Akatsuki, I picked everyone's favorite hot damn cinnamon roll, Alejandro Saab. Because <laughs> I wanted to hear him be mean and nasty. Because I am <laughs> kink shaming myself right now. <laughs> Only damn. Jesus can kink shame you. <sighs> Only Spider Jesus. Oh, Ooh, shit. so many arms. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> Moving on. Lilac, uh, move us on, please. Oh Lord. Uh, I'll stick with Akatsuki too. I had three for each. I'll stick with Akatsuki too because one of my three picks was also Alejandro. So yo, hot damn yo, roll. girl. Um, <laughs> basically, in terms of both of sets of my predictions, I wanted to hear. Because my, my instinct was this show in general was gonna either either going to go to Jade or Tia and they were going to use more fresh or underutilized actors. So that's my goal with this casting. Okay. Um, or actors we haven't seen her for a while. So Akatsuki, I had Alejandro Saab as one. The other two I had uh, that I kind uh, I really wanted to see these as well. I had Justin Pate and I also had Kyle Phillips. And then for Suzeron, because Suzeron, she's the younger sister of the two, he's the older brother. I went with younger sounding female voices that could also be this gentle, kind hearted soul. Because Suzeron, when you first see and hear her, she's very gentle and very devoted. So my first choice actually was Brittany Lotta for this one. Uh, the goddess second- herself. Yes. Second choice, I had Lindsay Seidel, and then my third choice was uh, a default to Trina Nishimura. Oh. I can't. I can't not see any of those. I know you can't, right? Oh, but that's still that's kind of an interesting range of them because like Trina mm-hmm. specifically has a much lower voice than the right. other two. So I'm like. But I've seen her go gentle. Um, not seductive, but she can put that tone in there if she wanted to. Um, but she ha- she does, she can have a gentle voice, uh, depending on what you do. That's true. And that's a sign of a good voice actress, is being able to mm-hmm. not have just one stereotype voice, but exactly. know, switch multiple ones. So I just need to hear Trina in more stuff before. And Jamal, uh, prediction away. Uh, for Katsuki... Uh, get ready for a threesome. I also had Alejandro Sal. Yeah. Hell yeah! <laughs> Hot damn cinnamon roll. Let's go! Because I, Akatsuki has an angry disposition. And I really want to hear Alejandro yell again. And you will put on Twitter right now, but. <laughs> God damn it. But going along the same lines, I also had Steven Food because. Mm. There, there was also. Because, like mm-hmm. you said, Steph's. 
you want to see other lives, other utilized actors. And yes. There have been many times recently where I've confused the two. So. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll get more on that one later. As for Suzuran, I figured since she's the younger sister, cheerier disposition. Default is default, and I had put April. Oh, you know what? I I'll I'm give not, you that one. I'm not surprised by that since it's Yujimal, but I can also see it working. Exactly. Oddly enough, I also had Morgan Gary because, you know, I've seen him play some sweetie characters, and mm. I really want to see him play a sweet character again. Well, but for something different, I also had Don Bennett. I love how you have Don Bennett and Morgan Garrett as predictions. We'll come back to that in a minute. Yeah, we go a little bit. And I'm, going to, I'm going to segue off of that, actually, because I also had Don Bennett as my prediction for Suzuran, solely because uh, she played the character of, uh, I think it's pronounced A in Show uh, by Rock. Ah, uh, sorry. Ah, yeah. uh, in Show by Rock, who, is a, who also plays a Shami san. And yeah. I, I think I wrote this down actually before I even heard uh, the voice in Japanese. I just saw, okay, characters playing the Japanese guitar. I can't get it out of my head now. No matter who else I think of it, it it's going to be stuck there. It's going to be Don Bennett. So I'm like, that's cool. That's fine. And I actually did not have a prediction uh, for Akatsuki because I think I there were too many... Uh, um, young male voices at Funimation to pick from, I couldn't narrow it down. Like, kind of indicative of the fact that all you guys picked a wide range of actors. I was mm -hmm. like, I can't even pick one to narrow it down. Now, in the grand tradition of somebody got it right, did anybody get this right? Crickets. No. Crickets. No, Crickets. nobody got it right. It was David Wald, right? <laughs> God damn it. Yes, the whole thing is David Wald. You're David Wald. She's David Wald. He, we're all David Wald. Stop it. Oh, shit. Oh, I can't make that joke. Never mind. I should probably talk about the characters. So yes, Our please. spider siblings are voiced by two interestingly uh, interesting veterans of the Funimation Studios, actually. Suzeron is voiced by Alexis Tipton. And Akatsuki is voiced by Orion Pitts, who I don't know if we've talked about before. We yes, have. we have. Oh, oh, we I'm not an episode I was in, but I, you're right, Probably I'm looking not. through his credits here. And there was one, at least one, that we talked about before. Two. And, um, Alexis, um, many of you may know as Hyoka Kazakiri in the Magical Index series. Uh, Chami Honda in King's Game. Chimi. Really? Oh god, that really? poor girl. Get out, Noah. Get girl. out. I forget, is she the main girl in that show? No. No, she's not, but... We don't talk mm -hmm. about King's we Game. Don't, we don't talk about King's Game. What's there King's Game? There was no King's Game exactly. in Botsik Say. I don't know what you're there talking about. There was no King's Game in Botsik Say. I was talking about... <laughs> Thank you, Jamal. <laughs> I was talking about uh, another role, like uh, Kaori Tanaka in Shiki. Okay, and, that's fine. Acceptable. And, very acceptable. Yes. And uh, the greatest uh, lead character in a uh, rever in a harem comedy series ever, Sun Seto in My Bride is a Mermaid. I still need to watch that. I was going to say, you're talking about a shabby simple... I was. I have to bring up Sun Seto. 
and every time I talk about Alexis, I have to, so that Lilac will finally watch it. One of these days. Anyway, how about Orion Pitts? How about Orion Pitts? Orion Pitts is interesting because he's been around for Funimation for, like, over a decade. Um, Like, going back to some of his... He's been in more recent shows, like he was Ranta in Grimgar. uh, But he was also in really far-off shows, like he was Andy Anderson in Salty Ray. And he's been in some popular modern shows, like he was Tasai Yoshida in Assassination Classroom. And he was the best boy of Gigi's favorite shoujo trash show ever. He was Kairi Okayusu in Peach Girl. <gasps> That's right! <laughs> he has been around for a while. Fuck. I forgot. Okay. But I was talking about Kiss what? Him, Not Me. He was in there. That's where I was about to go with. Yeah. Yes. Kiss Him, Not Me is another recent one that he's been in. Yes. I haven't seen that one. I, I can only list things that I have a slight in. I have a slight understanding of. I forgot he was in Peach Girl. It's been forever oh, yeah. since I've seen Peach Girl. Actually, shit. He was. I the, need to rewatch it. Oh, next Valentine's that. Day. Dude, let's oh, do it. God. The Peach Girl and the Peach Wine will flow. Yes. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, what? What are you groaning about? You're never in the Valentine's Day episodes, Jamal. <laughs> You don't have the to stop groaning about these chi- these these handcuffs. Drake, take them off. Nope. No. Oh. <laughs> All right, fine. I'll let you go first then. Well, Alexis, she's doing a pretty good job. I mean, the usual is the usual Alexis Tipton role, and she plays it very well. Also, I'm a dumbass for not thinking about my pits, but I don't listen to a lot of his roles, and he was just perfect because. My god, the cards can be, can be mean sometimes. Uh, most of the time. But he does he does those kinds of characters very well. And, and I, again, I know we're not talking about it, but he plays a uh, minor character in DXD to the point he actually cursed. I was like, wow. So, a testament to him for playing those types of characters. I know those are not easy to deal with, but hey, you know, go the distance, man. Yeah, if I could piggyback off that, um, Orion's talents is really evident in this because uh, his character in this show uh, is a rebel character, but never once does Orion go into the melodramatic camp. He he always keeps it just believable enough that you buy him as this stubborn, protective, big brother character who has some hang-ups. Because with Big Brother, he has some differences with with uh, Shiro, and so as a result, he has kind of an anger disposition. So, you ha- Orion has to maintain that. You know, he, he, he can't just veer off in distance onto one side. You gotta you gotta keep the anger up, and that is not easy to do. No, it really neither, isn't. Neither is keeping up this conversation, if you can tell right about now. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> right, we'll move on. We'll move along. We'll move along. But yeah, uh, full props to Orion. That was really one of the more surprising ones because I also, I, I know he's been around for a long time. I just hadn't, I don't recognize him when I hear him in a role and like he keeps popping up and I should recognize him. So it was a real surprise to have a voice that sounds fresh to my ears that gives this like, you know, this rebellious uh, Big Brother character some bite to it. Um, and he's also, he's got tender moments too. Like on the moments where he's, uh, he's somber and he's lamenting and he's bearing his heart out. He it's believable as well too, while still keeping that sort of um, uh, slight rasp in his voice that I think it's supposed to 
be reflective of this rebellious side. Like, we have that stereotype a little bit in Japanese voice acting where uh, the rebel characters have a lower growl to their voice that makes them sound tougher. And we get, cr we get toughness here, but it's not cartoonishly tough. Uh, neither is it tough, or is it tough, is it cartoonish for Alexis either, because she gives off this very vulnerable and feminine voice to it, um, but it never, like, it, it's never cartoonish. It's believable in its uh, sweetness, and there's a lot of sadness that we see in episode 5, which you guys will get to see eventually, that um, is, is like the, the second time in the show that... Uh, I felt an I felt an emotional moment. Uh, the first time we'll get to later. So uh, lilac, uh, similar emotional thoughts on spider siblings. Um, kind of. It, uh, I'll, I'll, oh, where do I even start? Um, so <laughs> Suzuran. I kind of want to start with Suzuran, uh, because I find it interesting that Jamal said that this is a very typical Alexis Tipton role. I have to disagree. Um, Suzuran, I was just floored when she first came in in episode three and in the tea house and she's talking to the master and Aoi. She was so gentle, so gentle and calming. Such a nice, sweet, calming presence. I, do, I don't actually get to hear often or if at all Alexis be that nice soothing gentle voice and it just floored me and it made Suthodon as a character come off as such a beautiful woman and I just <laughs> I'll admit I fell in love with the character like instantly because of because of how gentle she is and such a wonderful character and I love Alexis's portrayal of her so far um on the other hand, I have a problem, and his name is Akatsuki. Oh, but it's oh. it's not for the reason you think. It's not for the reason you think. Okay. It's if you're about to th if you think it's because I don't like Orion Pitts' portrayal of Akatsuki, that is not the reason. The reason why that Akatsuki is my problem, mind you, again, I've only seen three episodes. Akatsuki as a character hasn't really stood out that much to me. That's so because. So because of that, I didn't really have anything to write down or anything for Orion's performance outside of it being perfectly fine. Like, I've I've seen him play the, the, the obnoxious little twit before. I mean, if we're talking <laughs> Ranta and Grimgar or I can't remember his character's name from Kiss and Nami off the top of my head. Nanashima. Thank you, Nanashima. And I've seen similar characters like this. The problem I have right now is Akoski, for me, hasn't had enough screen time for him to, for Orion to really stand out in terms of performance. So that's my problem with Akoski. Like, based on what I've seen, though, so far, I do enjoy it. It's just, unfortunately, because the other characters that we're going to discuss have more screen time, I have a lot more to say about them. Orion is, I think, the one character and the one performance I couldn't really think of anything to say because Akatsuki didn't have too much to do. That's the only drawback on here. But I'm, no. I'm going to take a wild guess. It's going to be fine, though. <laughs> I mean, it's, 
like I was saying before, there is a slow burn in some of the emotional right. resonance that comes to these characters. Right. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll let you watch the show later on. And by the time this episode goes up, I'm sure you will have caught up on those episodes. Mm -hmm. And you'll be like, oh, oh, I get it now. Yeah, it's just as of right now, unfortunately, I can't really say much about the performance because Akatsuki hasn't just done too much. That's fair enough. Point. That's fair enough. All right. Uh, Gigi, I know you also watched only up to episode three, right? I saw episode four. Okay, so you have a little more to say on Orion's performance? I do. So Orion is really great at playing little douche nuggets. So <laughs> I liked it. I mean, I got it. I was like, yep, keep yelling at me, sweetie. Keep, that's the way we like it here. Just keep screaming. Whoa! <laughs> okay. But to, this to be... This is Devil's Line Gigi. This is not Devil's Line Gigi. Well, uh, to G be gonna... fair, when he when you get to episode four and when he turns into a spider, like you can see a little bit more of his performance there. Because when he was a spider, okay. holy shit, that shit's tore up. I was like, oh my okay. god, Orion Pitts. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna amazing. have to watch afterwards now. Yeah, you're good. It, yeah, it. it's it's <coughs> it's really really great, and I he does a bang up job being a little douche nugget. Um, <laughs> Asper's, I love Akatsuki though. Can't front. I love that character. Um, as for Suzeron, um, I find it funny also that you thought it was a typical Alexis role because I didn't get Alexis out of it at all. In fact, mm -hmm. when I was watching it, I was like, who dis? New phone, who dis? To quote Zeta. <laughs> and uh, literally, I heard something in the voice that made me think I know who this actress is, but I can't place her. So just like in the little Alexis Tipton speech pattern, because it I don't think it sounds like any role that I've heard from her lately. I felt yeah. it was a lot more mature than a lot of the roles that I've heard from her, because I'm used to Alexis playing squeaky, pink-haired characters. Um, <laughs> and I really think she had some great acting here, like between when Steph said the gentle geisha moments, and then when she was out in the hallway and those guys were like chasing everybody, I was like, mm-hmm. So I think she really did a good job hitting the levels. And you know me, I love it when actors hit their different levels of a character. So good job, spiders. Hisoka's not here. Let's move on before I cry. Uh, I, I will say, I, I think it's interesting that you guys all were kind of taken aback by Alexa's voice in this and that mm -hmm. might also be because all the other female characters that we're going to talk about coming up here most of them are much more are tougher are right more, are, they're, they're less vulnerable acting so right. it's, it's 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 a pretty big contrast honestly yeah so and i think we needed that too because in yeah. a show where you got working girls that are like trying to race to the ranks or trying to work off their deadbeat grandpa's debt it was kind of nice to have one character that was like had more purity to her right and, yeah. yeah alexis brought that off in space she's, she's yeah, got, she was quite the range she was very down to her you know? mm -hmm. oh yeah so Fair. i, I no I, I wouldn't say i wouldn't call it down to earth i'd call it more elegant that's the, that's the word i would call it but i mean down to i think you mean down to earth in like the sense that like she like bears her soul out for everyone else to see and she's not trying to mask it like everyone else okay. seems to be exactly i get right. you all right so um i guess uh segueing off of that we should probably talk about characters that are not exactly vulnerable. We should, um, <laughs> let's move on. I, I know one of them's down in the earth, but. Oh, Ooh. God. Oh, no, no. Oh, Bad Jamal. God you go back. You're, you're going last in this segment. You Who's go your, your daddy? Yes, I am. You got me in. Okay. 
<laughs> I'm singing Zoot Suit Riot. Quick, move on. Let's go. <laughs> Let's please move on. This is why we chose these people, ladies and gentlemen. You these mean I the... chose these people? Yes, Lilac chose these people. That's why I made you the accountant, remember? <laughs> I don't know how that equates to accounting, but okay. Can we talk move about on. some daddies, please? isn't accountable for their actions. And okay, would... stop it with your <laughs> jokes and please move on. Dad puns, the podcast. Anyways, speaking of, of dads, <laughs> what are the we're talking about the old men characters of the show. We've got two characters that are the um, the deadbeat grandfather himself. Uh, Gigi, do you want to pronounce his name correctly so uh, I'm not uh, mispronouncing it here? Is it Shiro? Shiro? It is Shiro. Okay. Shiro Subaki, yep. All right, so I want to make sure we didn't get the mispronouncing there. But Shiro Subaki is... Um, Aoi's grandfather, who has recently passed away and had the power to see spirits. Uh, we should probably preface that uh, not all human characters in this world can see spirits, but mm -hmm. uh, it's a genetic thing, apparently. And Shiro is like Iroh from Avatar The Last Airbender, and he could see the spirits and travel into the spirit realm, apparently. Speaking of those spirits, one of his friends, in quotation marks, was Matsuba, who is a Tengo. Tengu, which is this uh, bird-human hybrid that is uh, one of the first patrons that we see of Aoi's restaurant and has quite a bit of uh, useful advice to offer as well. So, Lilac, did you have yes. any predictions? Of course I did. Uh, for Matsuba, I, I, I had two for each of these. For Matsuba, what, what I did with Matsuba was more of the um, typical older gentleman because um, Matsuba is also kind of, seems more like a gruffer kind of guy to an extent, uh, compared to Shiro. Uh, so what I did with Matsuba, my first choice was Mark Stoddard, and my second choice was R. Bruce Elliott. As for Shiro, his, his was very interesting for me, because Shiro, despite him being a deadbeat grandfather, um... In the scenes where we do see and hear him, he's very kind and very gentle. Um, despite him being very rambunctious from the stories that Aoi gets to hear. So, the two voice actors I had for this, one of them was Kent Williams. That was kind of my default choice. Um, because I, because we've seen Kent Williams play similar characters like this before. The other person I picked... And I'm pretty sure I did this after Token Rambu Hanamaru. I did Vic Mignogna as my what? second choice for Shiro. I'm not kidding. What? Only because because if you've seen Token Rambu, he plays the v he. <laughs> Megan like lovingly refers to him as like I'm gonna get the name wrong as the sexy bishi grandpa, the sword grandpa. In what show? Token Rambu. Oh okay. So and in his his character in Token Rambu. His the sword that he is is among one of the oldest, so he's considered the grandfather character for this group in this world. And how Vic portrayed that in the show, it was so different, and I enjoyed it a lot. And I actually kind of wanted to hear that voice with an actual grandfather kind of character, so that's why I wanted Vic here. I said what on there, but I, I agree that this wouldn't really work for a voice actor who sounds so much older, because like you said, he's got more of a gentler side to him in the mm -hmm. Japanese. Exactly. Doesn't really sound as aged as... Um, no. I can't think of an example off the top of my head, but yeah, not as aged up as some of the older voice actors. Right. Uh, Gigi? 
Other than my fake predictions of David Wald, I did not predict them because they don't do old guys. Now, I could actually see David Wald playing Shiro in this show. Well, I can then, see I can see David Wald actually playing Matsuba. Put his picture up. Okay, <laughs> Do fine. it. There's your predictions done. Fine, fine. But we're putting the picture upside down. <laughs> Ew, I swear to God, if you don't edit it and have it upside down, That's I will fine. be disappointed. <laughs> I will be disappointed, Noah. <laughs> so, uh, what's that? What, did you have? You see, you had no old man predictions. No, I don't do actor. old guys. Move on. I, I'm glad you don't do old guys. Okay, that's. I'm not going to say gonna, anything. Moving on. I also, um, I, uh, who, who did I pick for this? Um, I had R. Bruce Elliott uh, as a prediction as well, but I had him for Shiro, actually. I thought okay. that he would be the, because um, um, he's got this um, uh, fun voice to him, and Shiro is just a fun grandpa character. You know, he's like, I, I actually have a grandpa who is very similar to Shiro. Not in the deadbeat sense, but in the he never. Seems I would to hope not sense. in the deadbeat sense. No, no, no. It's just in the like uh, to give you a picture here. My grandpa is in his eighties, okay, and he still goes sledding in the winter. Jesus Christ! He is okay. that kind of fun grandpa. He's going to outlive nice. me and all my cousins probably. <laughs> so that, that that's why I put Arbrus Elliot there. And as for Matsuba, um. The character uh, has a much gruffer voice in the Japanese than any of the other characters. Mm -hmm. And the instant I heard the Japanese, I'm like, that's got to be a John Swayze role. That, I, that mm. can't be anyone but John Swayze. Okay. I can see it too. So that's... Uh... All right, Jamal, I'm going to let you out of the corner now. You may say <laughs> what your predictions were for old men, John. Uh, I went typical and atypical with my for Shiro. I also had Arbus Elliott. Yay. I also had, but I also had Kate Williams too. Yeah. Nice. That's <laughs> However, I went a little atypical with Betty Adele because after the H Megas Bride, which Marcus ah, kind of reminded me of, I yeah. figured he could he could work here too. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. As, can you remember, who did he? Who did Barry Andel play in Megas Bride? Joe Garland. Oh, oh, right, right. Yes, the, that guy, that old. Guy. And then, and then Barry Ondell, if you're also familiar with him, he was also the little red demon in Soul Eater, inside Soul's mm -hmm. head, and yep. he also is Zaduba in the Garo franchise. Oh yeah. So I can and, see that. And for Matsuba, I also doubled out with uh, Abu Selye because mm -hmm. you know he has that kind of voice. Uh, no matter like the statue to the stature of the character. Mm -hmm. I went a little adventurous with mine, and uh, I went with David Mills. <laughs> Let me I guess. mean, Damon Mills does good, old guy. He is a wizard. His role in Yuri on Ice, possibly. Probably. <laughs> to be fair, he. To be fair to Damon's credit, he's been yeah. playing a lot more characters in his own like natural range lately, so. Well, yeah, he's got to give Good his vocals a rest sometimes. Yeah, I know. Good for him, though. Yeah, yeah, he, he can't play cranky Russian grandpa all the time. <laughs> How he still manages to pull that off. Good lord, child, you are magical. <laughs> <laughs> it really is. So, uh, speaking of magic, um, we have... Luckily, uh, one of us actually got one of these right. Everybody predicted our Bruce Elliott somewhere, and lo and behold, he is in this show. He is actually Matsuba. Huzzah! Uh, huzzah, indeed. Uh, our Bruce Elliott, the reason we keep guessing him for old guy characters is because he does it really well. Such as, uh, he was, uh, Duram Gloucester in Black Cat. 
He was Palnado in Carnival. He's Saito, the old guy uh, guitar swimmer in Beck Mongolian Chop Squad. But probably what, if you've heard him in anything before, you've probably heard him as a narrator in every Funimation dub that needs a narrator voice. Like every single one, he's the narrator. Not everyone. No, 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 no. Every, every single one of them. Except no. for Lucy Christian and Okami-san and her seven companions. And then there's Jamie Markey and Hitalia and Chris Guerrero and Toriko. So not hey, Chris one. George and Black Clover. Yeah, Black Clover. Prove Noah Black wrong, Clover and, 101. And something else. But um, no, I, I would say if you've heard Arbor Selyad anything, he's Makarov from Fairy Tale. Yep. Well, I, I couldn't write that down because I don't know any of the fairy tale characters, sorry. As for Shiro, interestingly enough, none of us were able to pick this one out. And, um, well... It's none other than Brian Mathis. Um, it's also got uh, not so much an old voice, but he's got a low, strong voice to him. You've probably heard him in, as uh, Kaibon in Last Exile, The Silver Wing. You may have heard him as uh, Kunimi in Noragami Arigato or Yus Yusumasa in Garo Crimson Moon. But all of you have probably heard him as Bone Daddy in Ancient Magus Bride. <laughs> Oh my god. AKA Elias. Yes. Yeah. Oh, he actually had a real name. It wasn't Bone Daddy. Yeah. No, it wasn't Bone Daddy. Oh. No, it, it <laughs> Why was his name I'll just make it Bone sick. Daddy. We will Why make that it... stick. Jesus Christ. I had written on my notes here, I had in bold cap, I wrote Bone Daddy in God damn it. See? I didn't even See? write Elias. I think Danny still wants the shirt, too. That's the funniest thing, and I love it. <laughs> yeah. Well, our Bruce does his typical man role very well. And I like how he manages to be jovial when he's a bit drunk, though. Because <laughs> when you introduce to him, like he he's pretty much in argument with the staff of the tension yard. And then you see him later on just in front of Owie's doorstep after he manages to fall off an airship while drunk. Yes. So, you know, pretty much... Drunken Old Man was very impressive. I I really want to see more Matsuba later. Uh, Shiro Tsubaki, before I even looked at the cast list, I listened to the dub, and I thought to myself, holy shit, that's David Matranga. <laughs> and then I looked it up, and I was like, no, it's not him. Cause, but it sounded like him at first, so, because I don't really listen to a lot of Brian Mathis roles. And he distinctly sounded like David Matranga. I thought it was him, but it wasn't. Anyway, I think Brian does a pretty good job. I mean, it has slight nitpicks here and there. I'm not used to him playing like this. It's funny. I'm not used to him playing this type of old man, but he does old man very well. If that kind of makes sense to you. Well, I mean, like we were saying before, um, in the Japanese, Shiro was not, uh, doesn't have a, an older voice. Like, he doesn't sound frayed no. and aged. And they, they kind of went with that, too, with Brian's yeah. performance here. I think what they were going for is because, you know, Shiro is more world-weary and compared to Elias in the Interest Magus Bride, he was also world-weary as well. So I, I see what they're going for. It's just, it's, it's something a little bit I'm not used to, but it was good nonetheless. Okay. Uh, Lilac, also think it was serviceable? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's a reason why we love Arbor Elliott as old man characters is because, like Noah was saying, he's good at doing them. Um, and with Matsuba, he's... 
he's kind of adorable. He's because Tengu, the Tengu are kind of gruff, a little bit tough, um, to an extent, and Matsuba in particular is very much like that. And I think, I think Arborsalite is honestly the perfect fit for this. I can't see anyone else doing this. Brian Mathis is very interesting. Because coming off of Elias from Ancient Magus Bride, this is... Because Elias is a gentle person. Elias is also very, very curious, and he's like a child. He doesn't understand the world and how it works and humans and all this stuff. Shiro, Brian Mathis' Shiro, though, it's... He's, he's actually the first note I wrote down is he's such a very sweet and kind grandpa. With the scenes that we see him actually speaking, he is such a sweet and kind person. And that's the exact kind of tone that I was hoping to happen. I didn't want the stereotypical gruff sounding grandpa like our Bruce Elliott or John Swayze or anything like that. I wanted someone who was a bit more gentle. And Brian Mathis, with the, at least with those flashbacks, he he's he got that. He captured that gentleness for Shiro and his characters. What I do want to see is um, younger Shiro, though. Rambunctious Shiro, causing problems in the uh, spirit world. I do want to see him actually play that stuff out instead of it just being like little, little shortcuts of his shenanigans with no lines of dialogue. That's the one thing I do want to see happen in the show. I don't know, obviously, I don't know if that's a thing. I don't I, know if... Uh, okay, so far in the show, I don't know if you've seen this yet, but did you see him punch a spider? I've only watched episode three. Okay. So, well, I no. Didn't, I, don't, I don't remember if the flashback was there, but yeah, you get you get to see him roundhouse kick a spider. Completely dialogue-free. <sighs> but the thing is, I want to hear some dialogue, though. That's but my problem. What do you need? He just, he kicked the spider. What else oh, do you need? I just, I just want to hear how Brian would sound as the rambunctious younger Shiro. That's my point. I want to hear okay. what that would sound like. That's, That's where my curiosity is. Do you think that they would need to cast a younger actor? Like, uh... I would hope they don't. Okay. I mean, I can see it happening, but I would hope they don't. I would hope that they would let Brian have a chance to play with it a bit. Okay. Now, Gigi, I know you don't do old guys, but you gotta do these two old guys for us. Why does Why does Shiro have an accent? Why Why does he have an accent? Nobody Shiro else does not have has an, an accent. accent. Yes, he does. No, he it's, doesn't. That's, that's I, just Brian's voice. That's is Brian's it? voice. Yeah. Oh, Jesus Christ. Okay, that's Gigi, not his, did you that's watch no Magus Bride? Yes. He, it's very similar to his voice there too. It's not. I I didn't hear any any Bone Daddy in this. I heard some dude with an accent, um, and with too much enunciation. That's what I got out of Deadbeat Grandpa in the one line that I heard him speak because it was the only line I could go back and find, which I listened to ten times to make sure he had a weird accent, and he does. It feels like he doesn't speak English. Nobody oh. else has that accent but him. That's interesting. And maybe if we did get a little more scenes of him actually speaking, then we probably would 
be able to expand upon that a little bit more. Yeah, I just didn't, I didn't get the choice there. If that's how his real voice sounds, it didn't sound like Bone Daddy. It sounded like he was trying to make it sound like he didn't speak English very well, which I didn't get that choice, hmm. but okay. As for uh, Crazy Drunk Grandpa, yay for old drunk guys. <laughs> <laughs> he was not characterized, which was great, because he could have been a crazy old drunk man. And you know how crazy old drunk Japanese men sound in anime. And I'm glad he didn't make that choice. I'm glad he was just normal sort of drunk dude, but then sort of sentimental. And then he was a good boy. So we like the Tengu. Good job, that guy, who I already I forgot mean, who he was. Arbor Elliot. Yeah, him. <laughs> he, he's necessary because he's like, he's the, he's the first... No, he's not the first, but he's, like, the person who kind of, like, helps Aoi get uh, the idea to have the restaurant opened up, which he right. eventually uses to Right, uh, I understand. I understand he's necessary. I'm saying he did a good job, and I'm glad he didn't characterize him as a stereotypical Japanese drunk old guy. So right. uh, that makes me happy. I, I, I want to just point out that they were both, whether by choice or just by accident, both these characters were very phonetic. They both... Uh, emphasize their dialogue very heavily, which really made them stand out a lot more from the looser, more free-spirited voices of the younger characters, which I thought, I don't know if, again, if that was intentional or not, but it definitely made them both sound like they came from a different world than uh, the other characters we get. Even though, well, yes, they I understand. Did. I understand spirits are like hundreds of years old and Shiro is like only 80. So he's technically young in spirit terms. I like the, also that uh, R. Bruce Elliott gave uh, Matsuba a gruffness, but he didn't mm-hmm. sound he didn't sound upset about it. He like, right. He was very um, he's serious about it. Like he's the kind of person that has obviously lived a lot and has got wisdom to what he's been doing, leading his people. Uh, what are they called? The Tengu. I learned a lot about uh, folklore from watching this show. It was like watching Spirited Away all over again. You should also watch Kami-sama Kiss, because you'll learn a thing or two there, too. Yep, that's where I, I learned mean, all my Tengu knowledge. Yep. I've already watched Fruits Basket. Get out. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. This is not Fruits Basket, you son of a bitch. So time to take over this episode. Let's talk about the next group of people, including <laughs> my favorite, Fox Boy. Woohoo! Right. Also, there's a Tanuki, a trash panda, and bitchy Elsa from Frozen. <laughs> oh, I got a funny story about her. Whoa, whoa, let me reel it back there. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What, what <laughs> Mad Libs game are you playing, Gigi? That can't possibly be the actual characters in the show. It well, is your list. Deal with it. <laughs> All right. So, yes, the uh, character. Now that we've got a resort to have our show in, you need to have some staff members in there. And we've got a lot of different characters in this. We have. Katsuga, who is our Tanuki character, who um, doesn't have a whole lot going on right now, but acts as a very necessary additional girl character for the staff. We've got Fox Boy himself. We've got Ginji, who is the nine-tailed fox character who can jump between a boy or a man or a woman, if he really wants to be, and offers a lot of help in, get- in helping Aoi get her restaurant set up. And, of course, we've got She's not Elsa from Frozen. Yes, she is. Yet. Yet. She didn't. Turn, she, didn't t- she didn't. Hey, she didn't let it go yet. Aww. <laughs> we have Oreo, who is the. N- not Oreo. O R E O. 
Hey, she wants to be an Oreo I'm girl, hungry. You know? Hurry up. No, Jamal. Jamal, no. No, no, no. <laughs> you started it. We have standards. We have to abide by the podcast standards set by the government. What government? I don't know. This what standards? podcast standards set by me, you fool. Alright, she's a blue-haired snow demon oh who uh, gets really sick if she's near fire too often and is also quite the bitch. She also has a crush on the master. That's very important. Yeah, everyone has a crush on the master. Bitchy Elsa is best vocal. girl. So, as far as who actually plays these characters, we're going to have to guess on this one. Gigi, who, who do you think? Well, David Wald. Also, <laughs> David Wald. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah. And David Wald, but my actual <laughs> prediction. I'm putting I'm putting his picture upside down, sideways, and putting an eye patch over it. Oh, ooh, an eye patch. Ooh, that makes him hotter. Okay. Damn it. Oh my god. <laughs> so for best boy in the show, the Fox Boy, who I never thought I would say that because oh my god, I don't really care for Fox Boys, but whatever. Um, I picked Howard Wang. I picked Howard Wang because he is smooth and gentle and he's a cute, could be a cute little fox boy. The Tanuki I thought was a cute character. Um, so I picked Megan Shipman because she's adorable. And for bitchy Elsa, I haven't heard her in a lot of things lately and I miss her greatly. I picked my boo Don Bennett. Where are oh. you? Please come back. <laughs> I love bitchy Elsa. She's best girl. <laughs> You know, sad thing is, I also really liked her as the best girl, too. Yes. Does this mean I'm shoujo trash, too? Yes. <laughs> All right. Fine. Fine. I'll, I'll go next then. Fine. So for uh, for Kasuga, um, the character has got this um, uh, is, is the most moe voice character of all the cast we've met so far. And Monica Rials does the best moe voice of the Funimation people. So I thought she could be a good Tanaki. Um Genji is uh, interesting because he's got the mo he was the most uh, shonen voiced sounding character in the Japanese, and probably because of his role in Hyoka as the the goofy side character, I thought Dallas Reed would be a good uh, pick to play hmm. Genji in this show. Okay, as both a little boy or uh, the grown man or the woman, wh whichever one he wants to be, I'm not here to judge. But as for um, as for uh, Snow Queen herself. Because of her starring role as student council, lesbian twin tails, and citrus, I thought Bryn April might be the best fit as equally pedantic, jealous, Ooh. romantic rival in the show, too. It'll be interesting. Uh, Jamal, you go next. Actually, I want to go last. All right, I, I met Lilac. Lilac, you go next. I was hoping to go last, but okay, whatever. Uh, so, I have two for Kasuga and then three each for Genji and Uryu. Uh, Kasuga, I kind of went similar lines. She's a cute, adorable little person, uh, little girl. And I went similar lines with Noah. However, I did not pick Monica Real. I had Sarah Whedon Hefton because Konohana Kitan vibes are strong, ladies and gentlemen. I had mm -hmm. Lindsay Seidel. And then for audio, uh, I like how who, Jamal, when you predicted Su I think it was Suzadon earlier, you had both Don and Morgan in there. Yep. Uh, so my three predictions. Third choice was actually Jade Saxton. Second choice is Morgan Garrett. First choice is Don Bennett. <laughs> <laughs> Yo. 
because especially with Don and Morgan, Konohata Keytown vibes are strong in this one. <laughs> Very strong. Because um, both of their characters from that show are can be relatively similar to this one here. So I was like, okay, let's go with that. As for Genji, I went with voices that I don't think have played this character type yet. Or have done this yet. Third choice, I also went with Dallas Reed. My second Yay. choice actually went to Justin Briner. My first uh. choice... My first choice, because I have been enjoying this gentleman a lot recently. Uh, Matt Shipman you was would. my first choice as Genji. <laughs> I, you know what? I'm sure he's been enjoying you very much too. He, he's, he's, he's. I. Matt he's, Shipman is a good boy. We he, love Matt, you, Matt Shipman, Shipman is a good boy. He is a good boy. He, he's, he's, he's doing a lot more lately around around the Dallas area. So I have to give him some credit here and. I'm very, I, I'm very, very happy to see him in more things. I just, I also just really wanted to see him as Genji. <laughs> <laughs> well, since we're on the subject of Genji, I'll start with him. Uh, I had three predictions for each. Uh, for Genji, I had Micah and Rico because they play characters similar to this. Of course, mm -hmm. Micah being this character in the uh, Kamisaba Kiss, right? And Rico in the uh, in Token Wildbook. But my third prediction, I also wanted to see someone new, and I had Steven Fu. Oh, okay. I'll, ex I'll explain why later. Uh, Kasuga, I had this kind of a mascot character. I figured Bryn. I figured Kristen. And I figured Jade Saxon, because she'd want to be in this show somewhere. Are we Are we talking Kristen McGuire? What other Kristen is there? I'm just checking. <laughs> Because it's good to have last names in there. I mean, there, Chris, there could be a new Kristen that we just hadn't known got into Funimation recently. Exactly. Okay. And as for Oreo, because you know, she can be kind of bitchy what she needs to be, I kind of had Brit April as my second prediction. But I also had Jill Harris because I wanted to like, see them get outside the comfort zone. And then I took another look at the character. I had Sarah Weedenhef because this character kind of looks like her character in Monster Girls. I hadn't hmm. seen Monster Girls, so I don't know which one that is. In interviews with Monster Girls. Yes. No, I know the show, I just don't know the character. She's the snow yeah. woman in that one, too. Ironically, I had that thought right, I just had the wrong actress. Ah. But, which is because, who is that, Noah? So, now that uh, we've gone through all the list, one of us must have gotten it right, right? I came close, but no, tell me. Well, let's see now. Um, we've got three excellent voice actors for this one. Kasuga, our little Tanuki, is voiced by Amanda Lee. Amalie! Yes. I love her! Oh my God. We'll get to that, we'll get to that. Uh, let me just put all the names on the list there, and then we'll talk about them all individually. All right. And the Ginji, our nine-tailed fox friend, is Stephen Fu. So, yes, Jamal, you did get one of them right. Have yourself a cookie. And as for Oreo, it's Morgan Garrett. Does that mean I also get a cookie? You get half of a cookie. Excuse you! <laughs> I get one and a half cookies, Deckers. I don't fucking think so. You give me my full cookie, bitch. <laughs> Wow. Yeah, give her an Oreo. <laughs> <laughs> That's, 
I'm done. I am shutting this podcast down. That is no, it. you are not, you son of a bitch. Oh, wait, I can't. I don't have the power. You do not have the authority. We're going. I, but what, in another life, I will shut this podcast down. No, Let it go, bitch. Noah. No, all these uh, actors, um, you're like, who are these people? Well, Gigi knows all about Amanda Lee. Um, you listeners out there may have heard her in some roles like Ellie Adams in Rio Rainbow Gate. Uh, the character of Pain in Show by Rock 2, or Akiho Shinomoto in Card Capture Sakura Clear Card, which I'm allowed to talk about because that episode's already come out now. And she was also the performer 3A in Pop Team Epic, but that's not where you've heard her before. You have heard her in all of the good dubbed English voice act, uh, English opening anime covers on YouTube. Yes, she does a lot of anime covers. 1.6 million subscribers. You go, girl. Yeah, you go, girl. Now, as for Stephen Fu, um, that's one we've actually have talked about on the show before because he was Saito in Hakata Tonkotsu Ramens. He was also Shota Yashiro in King's Game. He was Go- <gasps> uh, the show King's that does Game. not exist. Wait, sorry, wait. a lot of people were in that show. I'm sorry. Wait, yes, they were. Who was he? He was Shoto Yashiro. Probably one of the ones who died early. Oh, so we didn't talk about him. Okay. We didn't. We didn't. We didn't discuss him. No. All right. Uh, no. I'm assuming everyone died in that show. Don't tell me. Don't tell me. Uh, <laughs> if you've listened to the episode, you already know the answer. Right. Right. Um, or oh, a, a show like uh, Z- uh, Zoku Tonko uh, Token Rambu Hanamaro. He was Goto Toshiro. Or in the show that we really should have talked about in the fall season, he was Itsuki Hashima in A Sister's All You Need. Fuck get off. Get out. <laughs> I'll, okay, I'll get out. But not before I talk about Morgan Garrett, who has been in a lot of shows. Um, and has a really wide range as well. Like, to give you an idea, she voiced Ayame Shaga in Bento. That was the, um, the blonde-haired one with the glasses. She was uh, Dia Kurosawa in Love Life Sunshine. She is... Osmodius in Seven Mortal Sins, and she was Sophie in Gosick. I'm gonna spare you Megan's hatred. It's Daya. Yeah, it is Daya. Now that we've uh, covered the bases on all the the staff members of Tenjinya, Lilac, are these characters at all like the people that you work with? You don't want to know the people I work with. It's very interesting. Um, first of all. I want to hug and cuddle Amanda Lee. Like, so <laughs> hardcore. Same here. Like, Kusuga, Kasuga is so adorable. So cute. I have Akiho vibes off of her. Because oh, yeah. I have been watching Clear Card, despite not having seen the original, which I don't know if that's the best decision. But, uh, yeah, she's very, very... I, I, I have such strong Akiho vibes for Amanda as um, Kasuga. <laughs> And she's so adorable, such an adorable little tanuki. I want to pet her and snuggle her all to pieces. Because I, I don't have a pet. I miss my cat. Uh, now I'm depressed. <laughs> um, as f- <laughs> Way to go, me! <laughs> I just made myself depressed. That's great. Go, oh me. God. Let's lighten up a little bit. Let's talk about fox boys. Fox boys make everything better. Uh, yeah, we may as well talk about Fox Boys. So, Steven is very interesting, because 
I haven't heard him in a lot of things. I mean, I've heard him in the second season of Token Rambu. Um, I've more heard him in Hakata Tonkatsu Ramens, though. That's where my more of my familiarity with Steven is right now. Uh, and Same. Genji is very, very interesting. Because um, he gets to play with his range a little bit here. Especially when we're first introduced to him, because... He, he he has to play a little kid, he has to play a woman, he has to play a little cute fox, which I also want to cuddle and pet all day long. Um, so he gets to play with his range a little bit in that scene alone, and then the adult Genji... I don't know, I mean, it's very interesting, it's very different than what I expected, but at the same time it is kind of along the lines what I was hoping for too when I predicted Matt, Justin, and Dallas. It's similar to what I was thinking in my mind. Just the last possible thing I expected to happen. And I think it's more because that because I'm not used to Steven's range quite yet that it's the performance is just okay to me right now. I feel like with time and more me getting to know Steven's range as an actor and how he's going to portray Genji, I'll grow to love it a bit more. Uh, but as of right now, I, I am liking it and I, I just love the little bit of versatility and range he got to play with, um, <laughs> with that first scene he got introduced with, but I think it's good. As for audio, uh, Morgan is very sassy. <laughs> Morgan, That's a nice way of putting it. It is. She's very sassy. Um, she's a bossy, yet she's she's bossy, but she's also yet she's also rather mature and sophisticated. She has that air of sophistication and maturity to her, but she also has her moments of when she is kind of a child in her own in her own sense because she does again she has a crush on the master and. It shows that she wants, she'll do anything for the master. Even try and drive this quote-unquote rival out of here named Owie. And I think it comes off wonderfully. Like, when I looked at Odio when I made predictions, I saw, I, I saw her character from Konohana Kitan, but having more more sass to her and that's exactly what i got from this so i i love morgan garrett in this role i love it immensely and it's interesting that you got that much uh sassiness off of her or that you got a good sense of her character just from yeah. those first three episodes yeah yeah that's that's actually a really good testament to uh to Morgan's performance, because um, not only does she sound different from all the other characters, um, because she has a bit of an older, more of a regal voice to her, yes. but her personality is also at odds with everyone else, who is either a, a servant who's trying to make, or a worker, rather, who's trying to make all their guests really uh, happy, or the one who is just trying to survive because she's got a million, million yen debt to pay off. And I really liked it. I, I liked how she flips between... The I'm in charge and listen to me voice, and then what we get in episode four in her, she really bears her soul out and really shows her vulnerability. So high props to Morgan on that one. Uh, the uh, the Amanda Lee voice that Ka that she gives Kasuga is yes, it's very adorable. And I'm this is the one character that I wish we got more of because she doesn't have a big role yet, even up to episode eight. And I really wish she did because it's adorableness that 
I think it would really serve well if she got like additional content to do. But from what we got now, Amanda Lee is just adorable in this incarnate in a fluffy red package. And as for Steven Fu, I also uh, know him mostly from Hakata Tonkotsu Ramen, where he got to play the um, the put upon and kind of naive character. And yeah. this one here, he, he's he's not naive, but he's he's very nice. He's this very um, this very uh, good friend, good pal, like the kind of person who, you know, you're trapped in a fantasy world. You're trapped in a world of monsters. You need one good friend or someone that you can lean on. And he does that really well. I don't even know why exactly he's so, uh, like, he's so nice in the show. It's, it's so refreshing to have a monster, quote unquote, who's really nice. And uh, Ste- Stefan brings that across really well. He's got a good, nice range to him, a bit of a higher, younger voice character. And, but it never comes off as wimpy. It comes off as, uh, I, I can't say anything other than nice. It, like, mm-hmm. I know that's a bad word in some circles, but he's nice. And that's good. it's good to have a nice guy in, in the circle. Try nice guys. We're worth it, too. I felt like that was, like, a direct hit to my heart. <laughs> what? Just because, okay. Gigi best... needs vanilla boys in her life, guys. We've gone through this. I understand you like the bad boys, okay? I understand that you, you gravitate towards them, but the She nice needs guys... her vanilla. She has to have some vanilla. <sighs> I love my vanilla boys. Okay, fine, fine. I'll let Gigi talk about the not vanilla boys next. Can I talk about this vanilla boy first? Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Would it surprise you that he is my actual best boy in this show? You're no. lying. No, I'm not lying, actually. I, I'm not surprised. Who are you and what have you done with Jeej? I'm not well, surprised, okay. actually. So here's the thing. Like, this character is super cute and super sweet. And if this were, like, a reverse harem, he would be prime husbando material. So You're I'm not really, wrong, actually. I really like the <laughs> fox boy. Um, and I really like, I don't know who Stephen Fu is. I mean, I'm sure he was in King's Game, but he's dead. So I don't. <laughs> yes. So I don't know who he is. Everybody um, fucking dies. That's a very, that's a very sound guess. He was yes. in King's Game and he probably died. No, he's definitely dead. He's definitely um, dead. But my note for this, are we sure this isn't Howard Wang? Because I heard <laughs> Howard Wang a lot in this performance. It, it is kind of similar, actually. Um, it, it really it really was super cute, and he does a really good job. Um, the one thing that I would have wished was in the first episode where he flips through all the different forms is that it would have the voices would have been differentiated a little more besides the pitch change. Like I, they uh-huh. were they were different, but I felt that there could have been like more nuances and stuff with like the little kid as opposed to the girl as opposed to hot fox daddy that we're now getting. I'm well, sorry, <laughs> nice sweet vanilla fox daddy. Sweet vanilla fox daddy. Stop. That's his new name. Uh, Stop coding the characters. <laughs> this is shoujo. I trash. feel, I feel like Aoi. Could definitely fall in love with the fox boy. And what does the fox say? Oh my god. Alright. I am out. I am out. <laughs> Finally. <laughs> like, let me shut the cast down, please. Let me shut this all down. No. Finally. As oh. for as for my girl Amelie playing the Tanuki. Um so I've only heard her voice in one other anime so far, and that was in uh Gosik. 
as like this real passive, like kind of bitchy girl. So the for one me, episode character, the one episode character. So for me, this is a huge switch <laughs> and a huge show of her range to go from that to this. Um, and I think she was super adorable. I thought she sounded very friendly, which mm. I think this character kind of needs. And I love the tone of voice that she uses, even when the little Tanuki trash panda is annoyed. Like, it's still cute. So, Amelie, I love her a lot. And then finally, best girl, bitchy Elsa. Bitchy Elsa. Yes. That's about all I wrote down. <laughs> no. I love I love all the levels of the performance, especially in episode four, which stuff you will get to. But episode four yep. is so good because it's all about bitchy Elsa. She mm-hmm. is best girl. And I, I don't I haven't heard a lot from Mor- Morgan. Is that her name? I haven't Morgan heard a Garrett. lot yes. from her either. So really? I really I really like her voice, though. She plays you bitchy prob- Elsa really well. You probably well. have heard her in other things. You just probably haven't picked up on it before. Probably. I can't remember ever discussing her. But I do enjoy this a lot because Elsa is my spirit animal. This girl is bitchy Elsa. Like, so she's Let's basically see. me. She's hanging out with some dude hoping uh. that'll fall in love with her. I, I relate. So uh, I'm, I'm gonna just run through a couple of things. Have you seen Into Magus Bread? I've seen like two episodes of it. Then you're not gonna get that far. Uh, t- 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 you probably haven't seen you know Dr. that. Mamba. You know that one show that Hot Damn Sidmo was asking us about? Yeah. Who is she? The blonde she, girl. She's the. Yeah. The short-haired girl. Yeah. My favorite character in that show. Oh, I love this yes. Morgan girl now. Yes, but we'll keep it up. But yes, but we'll keep it that under wraps. Under wraps. That's right. Oh, that's right. Gigi, Gigi, Gigi. You what? know her. She's also Sophie in um Gosek. Which one is She's Sophie? Dorm mother. Dorm mother. Oh, the good one. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Dorm mother. Yeah, you've heard. Her. I did like her. I did like her in that too. Okay, so apparently I like Morgan Garrett a lot. That's good to know. <laughs> I love Yay! how you, you knew more. You knew Amanda Lee more than you knew Morgan Garrett. Because I like her a lot. That's very interesting. Okay, so uh, speaking of very interesting, Jamal, you go, man. I guess I'll pick up where uh, Gigi left off. Uh, Morgan Garrett. I think this is kind of therapy for her because Morgan Garrett plays bitchy very well. I mean, like, I, I guess she must have brought a lot of her own personality into it. Like, she gets stressed easily or something. I don't know what it is, but she makes the bitchiness of the character come out very well before she makes it relatable. And uh, apparently, according to her on the tweet, uh, she said it was uh, typecasted, but you know, it, it's Morgan Garrett. She really does this very easily. She does a lot of these kinds of characters very easily. I'll, I'll tell you that right now because there are some shows I've covered where she does that kind of characters very easily. And this is pretty much therapy for her, but it's very th- therapeutic, and I, and I really like Morgan Garrett all the same. Uh, Amanda Lee, after, this is the third time in three months I've had to talk about her, and after the last <laughs> show I covered, I just want to give her a big old hug, man, because. Oh my god. I, I can't talk about it because it just kind of breaks me to tears a little bit. But in this role, however, like I said in the last episode, I kind of hear notes of Brittany Lada, but I also hear notes of Akiho. And even though she doesn't do much in the show, I really do want to hear more from her. Ginji 
is a different story, however, because I thought, before I looked at the cast list, I thought that was Derek Snow. Oh, I, saw... I can hear it. Yeah, because I can hear a cross between him, Alejandro, and Howard Wang, and I thought it was pretty interesting. I hear See? it, yeah. I hear it. Yeah. Which is why I said that a little earlier, but it, it worked out very well. It worked out very neat, and... Steve is somebody I really want to see more of, you know? Because, like I said, I've gotten him and Alejandro confused at times. Well, if you watch A Sister's All You Need, then you'll get to hear I, him in a lot that, more. Oh, Lord. That's get one out. Of the reason, that's one of the reasons I picked him for Genji. That and uh, Robbins. And on that note... <laughs> can we please just talk about this before I fucking explode? I demand to go last on predictions for this. No. One. Yes. All right, all right, I no, demand we're going, to we're go going last. To settle, guys, we're going to settle this once and for all. I am gonna go last on this one. Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> I am the host. You. I outrank you. Dub talk is not responsible for the actions of these three. I'm just sitting in the back. We brought you Jamal because we needed a sane person. All right. You got these three crazy individuals. And we need your help. No, seriously, I, I really want to go last. The host and you need no, 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 no. Seriously, no, die. I really want to go last on my predictions because I have a fucking reason for all of these, and it's the most glorious thing in the world. I want to die. Please let me talk. Lilac, Lilac, <laughs> both of you want to go last on this one, okay? I'm going to take that power away from you both. All right? You suck. <laughs> yes. So, but I hate uh, you. Speaking of taking your freedoms away from you. God damn it! <laughs> Stockholm Syndrome. It's, we, can talk, we can talk about that later, okay? We're not in Sweden. We are in the spirit realm, which is being oh, governed over by the Ogre King. Also known as Odana, even though he's not actually called that at all in the show. That's just what's listed as his character name. I believe it's actually like the Japanese translation of Ogre God. I think so, yeah. Um, yeah in the English, again, though, he's named Master. Right, everyone refers to him as Master. Mm -hmm. Kind of like the Beast from Beauty and the Beast, where they don't actually have a name for him. They just call him the Master of the Castle. Oh, oh Lord, the comparisons are out. back, boys and girls. Get out, I, get out. I, I, I did not learn the English language. I didn't get an English degree not to draw comparisons between classic literature. Anyway. Now, this character is the one who... Basically, uh, makes Awe his bride because her grandpa owes him a lot of money that he racked up when he was alive. He is the one of the met, one of the individuals who governs over this entire spirit realm and is in charge of Tenjinya, the inn tavern where all this takes place. In now, with this character design and this important role in the show. Who could possibly voice him? Jamal, I need to know who vo who you think voices him. Uh, I had three. Okay. Uh, first one was Garrett Storbs, because he kind of looks like his character, Token Radu. Ah, okay. I would die in I can see not it. good way. I can see it. No. Well, save that thought for later, Gigi. <laughs> the second one I had, because, again, this show kind of reminds me of Kamisama Kiss, I copped out was Tatum. Oh, God! Well, Here it is. <laughs> You're not wrong. Here it is. And the third one for something different, I had Aaron Dismuke. Hmm. Oh, ah. God! <laughs> She's just dying wow. in a corner right now. What, if, <laughs> wow. what did you Excuse me, I, I, I go out I, in the hallway. 
What? Okay, I think GG needs to go next on this one because I'm sorry, but what? <laughs> Stuff got that reference. <laughs> I, I did. I did. <laughs> Fuck. Stop banging your head under the microphone. There's only one person, only one person, who I wanted to play this fucking role. Does it? Oh does his name start with David and ends with Wall? He is my actual real <laughs> prediction. <laughs> and I want to die because do you know who plays him in the Japanese? This fucking Reiji from Diabolical Lover. Bitch, this is my thing oh now. Oh my god. Oh god, I'm dying. Why? Why couldn't you do me this one solid Funimation? Why? <laughs> Shit. They did it just to screw with you. Oh, the entire oh, HR department was planned around screwing you. I don't you. think it was HR. <laughs> God damn it. It's all I wanted in the fucking universe. <laughs> oh, right. That, that's it. Uh, oh, yeah. The I gotta go blow. out in the hallway again. I'm too hot right now. <laughs> My temperature is way too high. Take a nice bath, GG. Oh, no, get no. Oreo to come in the bath. No, Steph, okay, no, Steph, no, 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 don't no, Steph no, got no, that no, reference. No, 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 you don't Steph get got that reference. So take oh, You're not singing yeah. deadly on this podcast, oh, no one. Oh, boy. I'm trying not to die of laughter right now. It's great. Dear <laughs> Jesus, please forgive us. We have omitted all likelihood of being saved ever. Please do not Giant ogre. Us and have a Daddy, he's the Dilf. He is Captain Hardpants and the Fun Police all rolled into one monstrous package. Take that as you will. Oh, God. Okay. Oh, God. Lilac, should I even ask at this point? You honestly should go Stop dying over here! And I'm so glad she woke you, not me again. I'm trying not to die right now. Oh shit, hold on. Come back to life! Stop talking and maybe I will. Um, okay. That's what she said. Wow. I don't even anymore. I don't even know anymore. Oh, do I have to go next? I wanted to go last. You suck. Um, oh, okay. So, here's the story with my predictions. I base my predictions solely on the seiyu for oh, this damn it! show. <laughs> so, the seiyu, Katsuyuki Konishi. I based my three predictions on this seiyu. In order. My third choice, because he also voiced fucking Reiji Sakamaki. I also had David Walls. Oh no! You are kidding me. Are you kidding me? No! 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 My second choice! My second choice! Because he fucking played Kenji Kazuma, I put Austin Tyndall in here! Oh my god. If Austin Tyndall voiced this, I would quit this podcast. <laughs> no, here's the best one. Because you're gonna sense a theme. I did not want to go with the stereotypical person. I did not want to go with Tatum. I did not want to go with anyone similar who's done a role like this before. So here's the kicker. My first choice for this role 
went to someone who voiced a character named Gen Hasegawa from Cheer Boys. If you no. are familiar with Cheer Boys, I hate you so dumb, much right you now. You will know that Clifford Chapin. I am not Chapin, sleeping no, with you, you at know, Anime Fest. You will know that Clifford Chapin voices Gen, and I'm like, bitch, this man has not done a role like this before. Fuck it, Clifford Chapin's my first choice for this role. Okay. Remember what I said about Gen Hasegawa not slutty enough? Don't. We are not sleeping together at a fest. God damn it. <laughs> too fucking bad. I ain't sleeping with Megan. She rolls around too much. <laughs> Look, you're all yeah, sleeping in the bathtub after this conversation. All of you are, all of you are sleeping in the bathtub after. No, this. God, no. why? Legit, legit though, legit. I was trying to find voice actors who have not really portrayed this kind of character before. The closest one is probably um, David Wald because of his role in Token Rambu. All three of them have been in Token Rambu, but his is probably the closest to the master in this situation. Um, however, I was... <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, I was dead set on Cliff being this one, because I'm like, you know what? <laughs> this is something I've never heard him go with before. I'm like, you know what? And with I'm good very reason. curious about it. Let's go. Let's do this right now. I'll admit, I do I do also like seeing voice actors stretch outside their comfort zone. Exactly, that's what I was looking for. Yeah, it makes it interesting. But, okay, okay, fine, fine. Of all your predictions out there, I only wanted one thing in this entire endeavor... And I didn't, I, I, I would have been fine with just this. I also was kind of in Lilith's camp here, and I wanted mm -hmm. to add a new flavor to the Karma Train, and I wanted Austin Tyndall to be. Nice. Are you okay. fucking kidding me? Okay, I, I'm fine with that. Whoa, he is okay. a good actor. You do not insult Ken Connick. I'm not insulting, but I could never see him as a kind of character like this, ever. But that's the reason why is because it's that's so the reason why. The reason why is you want to get my pants off. That's the character and the voice you want to put in this character. Whoa, 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 whoa. I'm going to add another uh, frowny face to the chat, just like Jamal did here. Let me uh, add that there because I'm going to I'm going to fucking spam you with that squirrel emoji again. No, no. Get out. <laughs> These nuts, no, though. No, no. GG, GG, you drive me nuts. Oh. Are, are we good, Noah? Is that, it was Austin, your only prediction. That was the only one I had. Okay. Like, well, thank God you're fucking wrong. <laughs> you know what? You're not any better, so welcome to my club, sister. <laughs> anyway, who's and playing it, the master? The club's master, and, the guy, and he was the guy who is going to be your new master is Chris Wakeham. Huzzah. Not a single don't ever say. Don't ever say to me he's going to be my new master. <laughs> I volunteer as tribute. He is your master. Jesus Christ. And he's been... And he's, a he's a master of a couple of different things, actually. Oh For instance, he's been in a couple of shows that you viewers out there may have heard of before. He was... Rokusesco... Um, Ro I can't pronounce this right. Rokusko in Classroom of the Elite. Am I saying that correctly? I don't know. I haven't yeah, watched that I, show. I, that show's I awful. That All right. He was Daichi Nagaoka in Handshakers, oh, the greatest show. show that we have never covered before. No, go away. That's not that's not how you say anime Gatsumis. That is behind, not how you say Konohana Kita. <laughs> behind well, that too, definitely. The bar at the end of the show, Jamal. You, me, 
and a select bro fist, because I do agree with you, we need to cover anime guitarists as well. Uh, Chris has also been Atsuhiko Agato in Kado, The Right Answer, mm. and he was Bruno von Gladsreich uh, in The Royal yes. Tutor, which Bruno. a name I only put on here because I wanted to say that name. Also, s- also side note, he's also um, Kodai in Star Blazers Space Battleship Yamato, side note. I-, I didn't know if we were going to be covering that or not. It's already out. We, oh, we just that episode right. just came out Friday. Oh my god! I have I have not been online for the past three days. Give me Sur- a break. Surprise! Surprise, motherfucker! Surprise, motherfucker! It came, it came out six days ago, though. I don't know what day it is anymore. It's it's Christmas right now, right? <laughs> wow! Yes, give me a present. Okay, uh, Lilac, I wouldn't let you go last on the prediction portion, but I will let you go first in talking about Chris. Damn it, I was hoping to go last year again. But okay, you know fine, what? fine. To be fair, I will let you go last on that one. Thank fair enough. you. All right, fine. Gigi, tell us about your new master. <laughs> My new master, Chris Waycamp by Gigi Palooza. Well, at first, I was on the salt train. Choo-choo! Because David Wald is really my lord and master and the dill whisperer. <laughs> I was not about to accept anyone else until I heard Chris's voice come out of his mouth and holy fucking shit. <laughs> yes! <laughs> Excuse me while I go out in the hallway again. TM Devil's Line. <laughs> because oh my god. He, oh shit. Ugh. I can't even, like, express it in things other than, like, grunts. It's just just so good. It is so good. Like, all the veiled sexual references that I'm the only one who gets because I'm a horrible human being. I was just like, please devour me anything you want. You are my master. Anything at all. Oh, my God. This is, like, a meaner, more arrogant Bruno who still Mm. wants to marry me. And, oh, my God. And when he wore that mask in the beginning and he was totally, like, jerky, I was, oh, my God. I have so many questions for you right now, GG. The answer to to all of them is yes. I gotta go in the hallway. I will say, you're the only one who's honest enough to say all of that. So, well, you know what? I'm sorry. Like, no, I'm not sorry. Because if you do a good job at seducing the girl who is listening with just your voice, because I don't find this character design attractive at all, Mm -hmm. I mean, good. Freaking job, dude. Brah, though, because this is the audience you are catering for, and it is working. I mean, you're not wrong. <laughs> now I'm going to go out in the hallway and let you guys talk. <laughs> come come back. We'll uh, call for you after we've uh, talked about you behind your back. Give me, like, three gone. minutes. That's all I need. Okay. <laughs> oh, God damn it. <laughs> Right, so, Jamal, um, I'm assuming that your reaction wasn't quite as syntastic as Gigi's there? Well, when I first listened to the episode before I looked at the cast list, I was like, holy shit, that's David Betrager. Again? <laughs> You'd be surprised. I mean, you're not gonna, I'm, like, I'm not gonna lie, I actually consider David Matranga as a prediction for this character, because I don't, because like, I, I haven't really seen him play a character like this either. Yeah, like I, like I thought it sounded like him, but then I looked at see it was Chris Wakem. I was like, huh. My contention is this: it's, it was pretty good for like some of the like anger moments, 
and uh, pretty much the moments of assistance, you know, you try to force out to be your body and stuff. But when it comes to the softer moments, all I hear is just ice sour. Like, <laughs> fucking ice sour. <laughs> literally, that's all. It's kind of true, hear. actually. That's all I hear. It wor- it works for some of the moments, but for some of the softer moments, I feel like you didn't need to be as gruff, you know, like dial it back a bit. I mean, I understand choices before voices, and Chris Wakeup is a great choice. It's just, you know, sometimes that gruffness is a little, a little bit can kind of take me out of it. It's the same problem I had with Jason Douglas in Cardcaptor Sakura. Like, you don't need to be gruff for the softer moments, you know. Mm-hmm. You can just speak a little softly, and the emotion will flow even better. But I think that also kind of ties into Gigi's point about could the script kind of be a dub titles and stuff, but. Now, that's a different story. Well, in, in terms of parts where you thought that he didn't need to be as gruff, are you talking about like where he's trying to be more romantic and more sentimental? Yeah. Okay. Because, yeah, I, I, can, I mean, I can agree with you on that. Um, if not for the fact that if he's got that natural, bo- if he's got that timber in his voice, because keep in mind, he is an ogre god, you know, he's not Shrek, but he's not completely human either. Yeah, and, that, and that's the thing too, because I I get, you know, you try to be gruff because, you know, you, you can't tell the age of the character because, you know, it's kind of a disguise for him. But at the same, but at the same time, like, you know, if you're trying to put on a facade, like, you need to dial it back a bit when your character dials it back a bit. I mean, overall, I mean, it was pretty decent. It was pretty serviceable job. I mean, I can kind of get behind it. It's just, Something appears like nitpick to me, that's all. And that's a fair nitpick to have. Because, um, like Gigi said, this is not a highly attractive design for the character. And to be fair, this is a very basic looking show. None of it screams. This animation is oh. so fucking piss poor. <laughs> like, it's, I am just sad. It's Gonzo. What do no, you no, fucking it, expect? No, 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 no. It's not just Gonzo. <laughs> it is late 2010s Gonzo. Yes. Oh, Far past the studio's prime. Honestly, I'm kind of surprised that this even was a Gonzo production. I, I was surprised a- too, because I, when I was watching it earlier and I saw the Gonzo label, I'm like, oh shit, this is a Gonzo thing? I didn't realize it. I know. Wasn't that such a flashback when the logo shoots yes. on and it's like, Gonzo? And you're like, holy cow, it's so great to be back in 2005 again. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Wow, it's so nice to be able to buy a house before the housing, co- mor- yeah, the mortgage crisis happens. <laughs> And holy Point cow, made. American Idol's still on the air. <laughs> American Idol is still on the air. Shit, you're right. <laughs> anyway. Okay, so Chris Wakeham's performance in this is the one that I think could have probably sucked the worst if they didn't understand the character at all. Because uh, from the first design choice with the mask and then with his facial expressions, you could easily typecast him as someone who's uh, pushy, demanding, and overly controlling in mm-hmm. both his acting and his voice, uh, his temper. But both uh, Jade and Tia seem to understand that he's he's a boss. He, like, and I mean that in the, the best sense. Like, he's a guy who is in charge of multiple people, understands how to run an enterprise... And kind of sees his relationship with Aoi as almost a business transaction. So he doesn't uh, have too much gruffness to him. Like, he's got a rustle in his voice, to be sure, even when he's not 
being super serious and he's just talking about things like uh, the kinds of food that he likes or sentimental thoughts about uh, Shiro's backstory. All of that makes him sound like the kind of guy who I could understand why he's in charge. Because he just gives off that vocal sense of I, I can get shit done. I can control. I can't control. Sorry. Not control, but I can... Uh, delegate people very well. That's why everyone respects me. Like I'm, the, I'm like the godfather of this world without having the rough, thick Italian accent. So yeah, Chris's role in all of that, in everything he says in this, comes off with that nice sense of I'm in control attitude to it, without being too gruff or too tough. So I don't even have the nitpicks to say on this one. Is just for a role that I don't think is attractive in a way. I still think is a very believable boss character. Neato. Speak, speaking of the boss, hey, Lilac. Boss lady. Um, so when I'm looking at this character and the kind of character this is, if I'm looking at the trope of it anyway, this is a Bishi supernatural lead character that has to seduce the female audience and be yep. that seductive voice. Yep. And uh, like I was saying before, when I was predicting this character in particular, I was staying far away from the stereo, from the typical typecast thing that we've seen. Because J. Michael Tatum could have done this beautifully. I think Eric Vale would have done a phenomenal job too. And the Seiyu actually has voiced several roles that Eric Vale also voices, side note. Um, but I wanted something very different. Chris Wakecamp was, oddly enough, the last person I expected to jump into this role. But he is different, and he is the kind of voice that I'm looking for here. It's, he melds his normal baritone register that we're very used to with roles like Aizawa and the like. But, he, and I'm going to use food terms on this one, he adds a little bit of spice to it. He does add some spice to it to make the master both cunning and seductive at the same time. And it's a, this is definitely a very different kind of role for him because the clo mm -hmm. the closest thing you could probably say he gets to with this role character-wise could potentially be Bruno, but that's yep. it. Bruno is the closest, but Bruno is probably far more bombastic and goofy compared to this character. So there's very drastic difference in terms of personality. So with what this character is in a stereotypical trope kind of sense, and for what the character calls for, I wanted different. Chris Wakecamp gives me different. This makes me very happy. Because <laughs> I'm I'm glad that you could like produce words out of what I meant to say with my yes. incoherent moaning and screaming. <laughs> I think Gigi and I are on the same wavelength. But, yes. But I could just yes. say it more eloquently than her right now. <laughs> but um, I'm tired. <laughs> but yeah, like with with everything that the character is, he has his soft moments. He he does have to be the boss, so he has to be tougher at times too. So he plays those different facets, I think, very, very well. And in terms of the goal of this character for the female audience is to seduce the female audience. I think he does that and in spades. Like, I, 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 I dig it, sir. You, Bravo. I'm loving it right now. Sweet. 
I'm, I'm also glad that you could put words to the thoughts there because I don't think either me or Jamal could quite convey the idea of attractiveness. Exactly. This is why you have me, boys and girls. It is. <sighs> I'm spent. Well, tell you what, uh, speaking of spending, let's talk about the final character on our list who acted as collateral and has a huge amount of money to pay off. But that's okay because she's a tough woman. She's a strong, independent woman who think it's going to be all right in this world of demons and monsters. And that is, of course, our lead girl, Aoi Tsubaki, who is a college girl. She's got a knack for cooking, uh, which is really beneficial in this world because she was taught by her grandpa how to prepare dishes in a way that the spirits of the world, of the demon world, actually enjoy. Uh, specifically, they mentioned that demons like not as heavily seasoned. They like slightly mm -hmm. blander tasting dishes, at least to our own palates. Right. And because she understands that, she can prepare dishes in a way that the people of the spirits, nothing, the spirits like. Now we need to find someone who can voice this. And this is going to be very difficult to do. Gigi, do you uh, have a guess for who voices Aoi? Aside from David, David Wald. Who is not oh. da David Wald could do this. I could. Yes, I could say, fine. D Put him in a dress and get. Put, I'm sorry. Put him in a kimono and put him in a recording studio. The joke yes. has come full circle now, boys and girls. We're done now. I have no more David Wald predictions. It was a good run, though, Boo. It was a good run. <laughs> My actual prediction was Jeannie Tirado because cute girl, cute girl, Jeannie Tirado. That was what I had. She also can be a little tough too, from Kiss Him Not Me, and she can be a right. little goofy, which I don't think is what this role really calls for. But it would have given this role more personality i think so mm -hmm. all right all right um jamal i had three for this uh again going back to all those comparisons to those other shows uh well for one my third prediction was lindsey Seidel because again corner how okay my first two uh, my second prediction was a uh, tea ballad because, of course, Kami Sama kiss. But the first but the first prediction I had, as soon as I saw this in the sub, this reminded me instantly of the ancient Magus bride that I want to see Danny Chambers Ooh. in this room. Can I go next? Can I go next? Can I go next? Mm, okay. I love how you you were. St oh. Okay, so I had three predictions as well. Two of them are actresses who have played a similar role with us in a similar show uh third choice was for me was also tia ballard because of kami sama kiss my second choice was actually jill harris because of code realize and my first choice for something a little bit different i went the same vein as jamal and i actually picked danny chambers interesting i mean there are a lot of parallels between magus bride and this show there's a lot of parallels between this show and kami sama kiss as well. <laughs> so and restaurant to another one. Yup. And maybe to an extent Kona Hanaki Tan, so definitely Oh, Kona definitely Kona Hanaki. Yeah. So Well I mean Kana Hanaki but in the sense that both of Kana Hanakita and the show are about uh, helping guests in the inn with their various needs in an old Japan setting. Kind of. So anyway. I'm glad that you uh, you actually also predicted one of my predictions, my only prediction, and that was the illustrious Miss Jill Harris. Aha! Uh -huh. For um, I don't think I had any particular role that she's done in the past for the reason I picked this one. I think it was just her timbre. Like every time that she's okay. played a dramatic role before, she's got um, 
Uh, Aoi is not a young girl. Like she's in the Japanese, doesn't even have a stereotypical moe voice. She's got. Uh, it's it's you know, stated. It's stated. It is stated. She is nineteen years old. She right. Yeah. Uh, well, age doesn't always mean anything in anime. I point. She's, right, she's but I give character. right, but in a show like this, it gives you an idea as to what she should probably sound like. Right, she's supposed to sound like a young woman, not a mm-hmm. girl, not a exactly. woman, but a young woman. Yeah, exactly. And Jill, you want you want you want to do something funny? Hmm. Before I tripped my list, Jill Harris was one of my predictions, but I had to drop her. Ah, okay. I'm not a girl, not yet, <laughs> yet a woman. Oh goddamn! <laughs> All I need is time. What up, Britney Spears? A I moment don't. that is mine. Anyway, who who's actually Owie? Who is actually so. Owie? And uh, interestingly enough, this is one of the times where none of us got it right. Not even one close. of the times we're wrong majority of the time. What are you talking about? <laughs> I know, but I'm trying to be courteous to all of you fine people. Which, by the way, uh, to all you people who have gotten this far in the episode, the secret code word is cucumber. I love your secret code words. I beg you, shit, man. Yes, love your I'm not changing words. it. I'm not changing it. You can't I love stop your me. code words. Whenever you're you're in an episode and there's suddenly a code word, I love it. Cucumber is your code word. Quick, put it in the comments now. You got it. God. And especially if you. Okay, so the performer who plays Awe is Emily Neves. Huzzah! Yes. Not a single one of us got this right. But that's okay because Emily is amazing and she has done many roles that you've probably heard before. Like I said at the top of this episode, Emily is a bit of a chameleonic performer in that she's jumped between Funimation and Sentai Filmworks, so her resume is all over the place. But you probably heard her as Tatsuki Gazamazawa from the Fate Kiliad Linear Prisma Ilia franchise. I think I pronounced that correctly. She's Who the hell knows? <laughs> that, almost. That one fate show. She's also... The Moe fate show. Lanessia from Log Horizon. Um, one that I didn't realize this was her until recently. She played Angel in Angel Beat. And, but yep. uh, you all probably heard her, or at least the first time you re- recognized her was as Umaru Doma from Himato Umaru-chan. Yay! The little, the little evil gremlin herself. But that's okay, because this is a very different role from Gremlin Girl. And to kickstart the discussion, I want... Who should I go? You know, I'll go first on this one. I, I'm taking the thunder. I'm going to talk about it first this time. This is a character voice that is supposed to be a young woman, and Emily hit it really well. I don't know exactly how old Emily is, but I think this is her natural speaking voice, because it sounds... It doesn't sound young, and it doesn't sound older. It sounds right in the middle range, and it also is not super cutesy because she's a serious person. Like, she's taking her situation seriously. She doesn't spaz out when things get crazy. She takes it like someone who is goal-oriented and determined to get the job done correctly. And that's really refreshing, uh, especially in a show like this where it could have been shoujo trash, like Gigi said, where it's a a girl's wish-fulfillment fantasy of hot guys parading themselves around for you. But this seems more like the kind of character who is actually inspiring to watch. Like, I'm watching her, and I'm like, I don't know if I could be as composed and as professional as um, Aoi is in the show. And Emily captures that really well in both dealing with problems, dealing with heartaches, 
not taking crap from the monsters and the demons who are around her, but also not letting that make her a cynical person either, because she's got a soft side to her too. Like, who else would be nice enough to make up tofu ice cream and actually make it taste good? That, that has got to be magic in and of itself. So for everything else that uh, could have gone into this character, Emily gets it, performs it really well, and comes away with a really standout, unique voice to a lead female character that I'm really glad got the due that she deserves. Uh, Lilac, you get to go next. All right. See, unlike I think all y'all, I haven't seen Umaru-chan. What? I've only seen one episode. So. so. The only reason to watch it is because of the dub. All right, so, all of you, that is one of the things we were watching at A-Fest. So, this, this more than anything, was the biggest surprise, even more of a surprise than Chris Waycamp as the master here. Because um, I'm not, compared to Chris Waycamp, I'm not familiar with Emily's range, because I haven't seen Omara or half the other things she's done. But, it's, I think it's a really good fit. Because, Aoi, the, the thing that when we were talking about Owie, she's not a girl. She's not a full-fledged adult. She's a young woman. She's a 19-year-old girl, and I think she has to sound fairly young, but at the same time, considering how mature Owie is and how independent she is, there has to be that sense of maturity and independence in that performance as well, and I think Emily does capture that very well. She's not a pushover compared to some other leading heroines who could possibly in this be in a similar situation. And that's what makes the character very refreshing. Especially with a lot of very, 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 very shoujo trash shows. Like Devil's Line, like Dolly Ball Clovers, like those shows where more Stockholm Syndrome is thrown in for good measure. Um, and... I really, I really do like Emily as Aoi. It it did take a little bit for me to get used to it, but only because this is the first time I'm hearing Emily in a lead role. This is the first time I'm really getting to hear her range and her perform as an actress. So it's taking me a little bit of time to get used to it. However, I do see where this performance is going, and I am enjoying where it it's been going as of right now. So kudos to you, Emily. I need to watch more stuff you've done. <laughs> clearly. Because I, don't I own Umaru-chan? Did I buy Umaru-chan? No, I did not buy Umaru-chan. I remember now. I did not buy Umaru-chan. I need to watch Umaru-chan. Note the self. I gotta watch Umaru-chan. Like, is there anything that you are not watching right now? <sighs> Do you want to take a look at my shelf? My, like, like 80% of my shelf I'm not my, watching. <laughs> I, Do you want to see my shelf of all things that I'm not watching? <laughs> <laughs> we can share our shelves later, Okay. Indeed, we will show the sh share the shelves later. Um, on that note, uh, Gigi, thoughts, comments, concerns, Emily for president? Emily for president? No, what? actually not. Um, so I kind of have some kind of issue with this performance, and I, I'm not quite sure exactly what it is, except that it's not... Mm, there's something about it that rubs me the wrong way. I don't know if it's some kind of enunciation thing that's going on or like the little warble that she has in Aoi's voice. Um, something about 
almost every line that she speaks to um, any character, except when she's talking to herself, almost feels flat or patronizing to me. Uh, so I don't, I don't know what's up with that. Like, it almost sounds like a little boy. I don't know. I think this is coming off Umaru, where she was fantastic in Umaru, got my W in Umaru for best actress in a comedy, and she had beautiful, pretty Umaru chans to work with. Now, I don't know if maybe because this character has a more plain character design, she didn't feel the need to make the voice as pretty or as standout-ish as Umaru was. But there's just something about it that I don't get. Now, the idea that you said that she's not as not as pretty. This really isn't a character that, at least from a character design perspective, isn't supposed to be pretty. Like, right, that's what I'm a saying. Very chaste show. There's there's no fan service. There's no right any of but that. That's what I'm saying. So I don't know if maybe the voice that she had for pretty Umaru was a more put upon voice like she knows that she's pretty like umaro knows that she's pretty so the voice has to sound prettier i don't know i just there's something about it that really just i i can't get behind here i don't know it, it's just something in the way that it sounds it kind of sounds like um like very true to the lip flaps which sometimes could be an issue, like if you're trying exactly to enunciate within lip flaps. I don't know. It just, it, it's not what I pictured mm -hmm. I sounding like. And even in the Japanese, the Japanese has sort of like a similar timber going on. So I understand why yeah. she was cast as this role. Like they almost sound like the same tone. But there's something about the Japanese voice actress who I can really get behind and understand Aoi. I will give her this, though. In the parts where um, she's crying in her bedroom and, like, talking kind of to herself about, like, her grandpa and is like, oh, you know, I was going to say, oh, oh Nichan. But no, like, oh, grandpa, like, you know, why did you do whatever it is that you did? When she's soft, Aoi, mm -hmm. like, I really felt those moments. But when she's talking to any other character, I just, I feel, I feel very patronized. Like, I just, there's something about it that rubs me the wrong way. It doesn't, you know, wreck anything for me. I think her acting skills are doing what they're supposed to do. Mm -hmm. It's just, for me, there's something about her interpretation of this character that I can't get behind. And it's just personal, so... Okay. Personal, apparently, my personal opinion. Okay. Now, but I love I love her and hello Umaru won best of the year. So yes, but this is a completely different beast altogether. Exactly, which is why I'm saying what I'm saying. So Jamal, in terms of uh, we, we seem to have a schism going on here. Which uh, side are you gonna join? I'll let you know in a second. But right now, my page is. Holy shit, I thought that was David Betrayal. God damn it! <laughs> How long have you been holding that in? God damn it. You've been holding that for the uh, About minutes. a few days, I guess. <laughs> but no, seriously, I actually thought it sounded like Alex Moore. To which, I, if that was the case, Megan would jump for Joy because she would have had the leading role. But for me, the... What the problem was is the kind of speech patterns, and this was before I looked at the cast list. Cause this it was kind of speech patterns and the way she talks, and it didn't really kind of click with me instantly. 
And then I look at C-70D, so I was like, wait, what? Because I'm a tiny bit familiar with her, because I've watched, what, Love Trudibio and other delusions, mm-hmm. and she was fantastic in that. And then, uh, there's not really too many shows I can think of. Anyway, I think probably what Gigi's point of contention comes from is the fact that she's also the script writer. So when you have to write a character for something like yourself, you know, you, you're visualizing what you would probably say or somebody else would probably say in situations she has to deal with, but I, I mean, I like the personality a bit, but the 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 scripting just kind of makes things seem a little off. As a matter of fact, the, the only way her character could actually click with me, it took another character that she's voicing in that, to kind of put things into perspective into perspective, mm-hmm. if you will, which I know will be covered in later episodes. <laughs> Surprise. But oh, I feel like it, I know who you're talking about. I'm just going to type it in the chat real quick, just so... Is it this one? Oh, yeah. Ha-ha! Which is kind of weird, but at the same time, like it helped me put her range into perspective. So it actually starts to mellow out as the episodes go on to be she manages to match the character. I guess similar to the Seiyuu, but I kind of stopped watching the sub about episode 3 or so. So I can't really say for sure. So right now, I'm kind of in, in between the, all three of y'all. Between, mostly between Gigi and Lilac on how the characters played off. Okay. But I, th- I thought she did a pretty good job. It's, it's not a voice I'm familiar with, that's to say. Mm-hmm. It kind of, it sounds like... Um... Everyone's having a different reaction based on what they want, what they expected out of this character. And that kind of leads us a little bit into final thoughts because this is a show that I didn't really know what to expect going into it. And it gave me something slightly different the, the more I let it kind of work its magic on me. And there might be a different perspective from you three in terms of the lead character roles the further you get into it. Because I guarantee that your reaction to the characters in episode three will be completely different than how you're feeling in episode mm-hmm. six and beyond. Okay. Okay, so, I get you. So, as far as uh, the final thoughts on the dub goes, because we went through, we had a lot of silly moments in the past two hours of talking. Yeah. Maybe we should probably ne- knuckle down and talk seriously here for a bit. Um, Gigi, do you have serious, serious thoughts on the overall dub? I hope Jade Saxton cast David Wald in the later episode. <laughs> okay, that's it. <laughs> no, I'm taking back for... all of your cookies. None for you. No rice balls. I can't eat them anyways. No, for real. Um, so this show I really wanted to like a lot. Um, dub notwithstanding, this is not one of my favorite shoujo trashy shows of the season. That honor goes to Wotakoi and Real Girl, which are more in the trashy realm. I'm getting a lot of slice of life vibes from this show, which automatically makes me bored because I hate slice of life anime. Um, but the dub for this is is good. Um, I flip between the sub and the dub because let's be real, Reiji Sakamaki voices the master in Japanese, so. You know, I have to flip between them, but Chris Waycamp had exceeded all my expectations that I had for this character and his performance. Um, I think this show is actually probably easier to watch dubbed than it is subtitled. Mm-hmm. It's it's good for the first four episodes. 
I'm curious to see if it will get even better because I'm waiting for the emotion to kick in. So I'm curious to see how it will be later down the line. And this show is too core, which means they're going to dub it again next season, Mm -hmm. which I surely hope that this is not the only Shoujo Trash show that Funimation chooses to dub next season. If it is, I'm going to be kind of sad because there's some good stuff coming up. But um, everybody is doing what they can and, and doing a good job. Parts of it really click with me. Parts of it really don't click with me. So I'm I'm. It's, I'm like middle of the road, which is how I feel about the show as a whole. Oh, don't worry. I'm sure that next season, as far as Shoujo Trask goes, we will be seeing a show called My 13 Princes or something. Oh, Lord. No, Sentai's going to take that if anyone. I guarantee it right now. There's a free idea for you, Japan. Start making a show called My 13 Princes and make it as <laughs> trashy as you can. You mean My Tale of a Thousand Sleeping Princes, which is coming? Thanks. Is that actually a title? Yes. Yeah, it oh. is. I can't even make parody uh, shows anymore. <laughs> they're all, they're actually making them. Yep. I'm running out of things to parody. All right. Uh, Step up your game, man. All right. My, my parody show is going to be in, uh, the world is made of Legos and I am the Mega Bloks. There we go. <laughs> okay, bud. So, Jamal, uh, this show's kind of all over the place in terms of reaction goes. What was your final takeaway from the episodes you've seen so far? Well, as much as I hate to piss off GP, I didn't really see this much of a shoujo trash. And I like I do like Slice of Life, especially ones that are like contemporary Japanese. Because this kind this the whole food thing kind of appeals to me, though, because I'm pretty much a cook in real life. And. I, I, I love seeing all like the different aspects of Japanese culture as well as its cuisine. I mean, I want I want to be able to... I feel like I'm learning a bit from this show. And I feel like I'm learning a bit from the characters. I I do want to know more as time goes on. Uh, as for the dub, however... Uh, it, it's, it's pretty decent. It's pretty solid. I mean... Like I said, I do have contention with the two leads, but that's because one I never really heard in many roles, and the other... Well, we love you, Chris Wakeham. I I got nothing but love for you, man. It's just, you know... It's just me, that's all. But, you know... For the effort that Jade and Tia put into this show, I think it's, it's pretty decent. The, I think if there are any faults, it's because, you know, it's mostly a Godzo production. There tends to be some faults at some points. I mean, the last Godzo show I watched, I think, was 18F. And that had... I don't even want to get into that yet. So. Oh, Lord, 18F is a, a mess yeah. in and of itself. Yeah. The Gonzo brand is not a trade of quality anymore. And that, and that, it, there it lies the problem, because if it's not a trademark of quality, then the dub is kind of hit or miss with some people, as you've seen here tonight. Well, but for what they're giving, I think they did a pretty good job, you know? Well, if I can go off of the whole, um, they did what they could with it, uh, this is a show, and I'm talking about the actual original Japanese show, that is very safe. There's not a whole lot of challenges being taken in terms of characters uh deep backstory and i know this comparing to what i was watching at the same time because i watched this while i was also watching march comes in like a lion 
which is a very uh, deep psychological angst-fueled show. And this was uh, Kuroyuka yeah, Kakariho is the exact medicine I needed to counteract that because it is a soft, warm blanket at the end of the day with a cup of hot cocoa to soothe you in with characters that are not having, don't have as many problems, but are like you can relate to the struggles that they're going through. And the dub carries that across very well. The writing is fine, the acting is all fine, and all the if they have the best moments in the show, the actors play it up as best as they can. So I don't really have anything uh, extraordinary to say about the dub. Like I've had some great things to say about some performances, but the overall package is it's a fine show with a fine premise that I can't imagine this being anyone's like absolute favorite show of the season, but it is a necessary one if you need to counteract all of the high science or high melodrama or high action shows that are going on throughout the season. It's a necessary addition to your diet, as it were. You can't eat pizza all the time. You have to eat some vegetables to go along with it. And uh, the only other thing I could say on this is they honestly, I, they're giving this way more quality over the Funimation Studios than I think uh, it honestly kind of deserves. It's just an okay show, and it's getting a better than okay dub. Lilac, you have the floor for the final thoughts of the final thoughts. I mean, not gonna lie, more female, more shows geared towards a female demographic is a great thing. So, not gonna, not gonna say anything on that one. Um, but... For the sh for this dub and this show, uh, having only seen three episodes, I think it's a really good start. Honestly, it's a little rough early on, but the more you watch and the more you the more you do get into it, and it's it is a, definitely a fun little effort uh, on all fronts. And from the directing, the writing, and the casting, I think this one. This one's probably a little bit of a like an underdog sleeper hit to me because unfortunately most shoujo type shows go under the radar half the damn time for people mm. which is depressing but I think this is a fun wholesome show that's just very sweet and very charming all the while having having these boys try to seduce you like there's no goddamn tomorrow. <laughs> but that's the nature of the beast there. Um, and I, in terms of the cast, it's very, it's a very different cast than what anyone would normally expect, which is what makes me the happiest because it's, it's a, it's the, the show has been done before. But it's mm -hmm. not going to the stereotypical performance realm for this show, which is what the, the big thing I can appreciate with it. Um, I mean, because despite, if, even if they went, they went with the stereotypical route in terms of the casting, that would have been fine and dandy, but I love how Jade and Tia are thinking outside the box and they're trying to bring in different people and try new and exciting things for people who have never really gone to this route before, i.e. Chris Waycamp. Uh, <laughs> But it's definitely a very, very solid start to me. And I... What time is it? It's almost 11 o'clock for me. So I'm not sure if I'll be able to catch up on it in the next couple of hours. Because I do have to work tomorrow. But this this is definitely a fun show. And I am definitely going to keep it, keep watching it. I love it so far. 
Jamal, Gigi, are you guys playing on keeping up with this as well? I am. Maybe. I mean, there's more shows I'd rather spend my time on. Like it's, Magical it's, Girl Ore, which yeah. should have gotten a dub this it's, season. It's not yeah. full-on trash. It's not Gigi's full-on trash. Right, I understand I can that. name at least three other shows that could have been dubbed by Funimation this season that weren't instead in favor of other shows with a male demographic. So this is the shoujo show we got. This is the shoujo show I'm going to watch. This is the shoujo show I'll buy because I'm voting with my wallet. Even if I don't like it, I will still pay for it because I want Funimation to dub more shows like this. Yep. Wow. All right, there we go. That's a that's a wonderful segue, actually, into uh, where people can actually watch the show. So if you are listening to this and you're thinking, oh, I, I got to see the show they're talking about. I got to know what the heck they're talking about. You are in luck because Funimation.com is the place to go to watch all of their both simuldub shows, which does require a membership, or all of their older shows, which you can watch for free. And if you would like to watch this show, you can actually enjoy a 30-day free trial of Funimation's services. Warning, though, they do require you to enter your credit card before you can get that free account. And they will start charging you after the 30-day trial is up. So if you do not want to continue to pay for the service, you can cancel that beforehand. But I don't think you'll want to because you'll be so enamored with the over 9 million minutes of of anime goodness that they have available new stuff coming in every week because they are on top of their simul dub game and of course they've been in the business for over 10 years so there's a huge backlog of stuff that none of us will ever get to watch because we will not live forever but if you want to watch all of our stuff actually we have a youtube channel which you may be watching here or as lilac has been in the process of converting all of our files into audio only formats you mm-hmm. may be watching it elsewhere so, uh, Eventually, we'll, you'll be listening to us elsewhere. Eventually. Work in progress, ladies and gentlemen. Right. I'm not entirely sure what stage that's going to be at when this episode goes up, but that that is in the works. Yes. So, uh, But we, like I said, we have our YouTube channel. Please subscribe if you are not already so that we can watch that subscription number go up. Or follow us on Twitter. Twitter is the social media feed where we post most frequently both our updates, uh, plans for what we're doing, and silly posts because uh, we all have access to that account, and sometimes we just like to hijack it for fun. That account is at Dub Talk Podcast. I think we also have an Instagram and a Tumblr feed, as well as a Twitch channel. All of those are also Dub Talk Podcast. So we are covering the whole realm of the internet social media sphere. Speaking of the social media sphere, these fine hosts who have taken their night off would like to tell you what they are doing when they're not doing podcast stuff. Gigi, what you doing? I am on Twitter talking about boys and Udapri Shining Live, which is apparently all I do lately with my life. I just autoplay for days. Masato event, please 10% me. Uh, I also have a YouTube channel where I post scouting videos and, again... (gasps) talk about boys and shoujo trash i also have another podcast called the shoujo trash showdown where once a month my friend gwen and i talk about shows like kakurio which we already did actually so you can find back episodes on my channel and uh i have to grind this event so i don't drop my rank so <laughs> nice. life goals life goals gg jamal what you doing 
Uh, usually on YouTube and Jamstar One. Uh, I have a blog. It's collected dust at the moment. I am trying to work on a project of my own, but well, we'll see how that goes. Uh, in the meantime, you can find me on Twitter, Jamstar Five Two Nine. Uh, if you have any angry comments or dispositions, I can also be found at Mega Man Night. <laughs> <laughs> but no, Never seriously, I can be found. Yeah, I can be found on Twitch, Amstar529. Just give me a shout if you want to talk or anything. Sweet. Uh, Lilac, uh, do you do anything? I'm gonna. <laughs> I, I do this thing called adulting. <laughs> Oh, tell us. We are. Ugh, true no, facts. Not all of us. So, some of us are still, you know, refusing to go into adulting, kicking and screaming. <laughs> You're not wrong. You. Yes, you, Chad. <laughs> who the fuck is Kyle? <laughs> who the fuck is Kyle? The, who the fuck is Kyle? This Kyle, that Kyle's an adult, guys. Let's not talk about that. Um. No, the only the only other place um, aside from listening here, uh, I am on Twitter. God damn it, at Lilac Anime Review with reviewings about R E V R E V U E, where I'm just talking about daily life and adulting and things like that, and how we, no, and how excited I was to build a goddamn dresser a couple weeks ago. And an the struggle was real when building that damn thing. Not gonna lie, but it's worth it in the end. But yeah, uh, you can follow me on Twitter there. And I'm actually working on other side projects right now, potentially, but I'm not gonna talk about it right now. But yeah. Same. To be continued? To be continued. Sweet. Side note, I was not paid by David Wald for mentioning his name several so many times. times in this episode. <laughs> nor am I affiliated more. with the estate of David Wall. God damn it. <laughs> That's even worse. Like, at the very least, you could have made some money off this. I bet he would have paid you. And I am Noah Clue, and you can find me on Twitter at Noah Clue, where I talk about the world of animation, both the the classic cartoons of the West or the new stuff from the Japanimation people, or sometimes I just post pictures of my kids because kids are awesome. Or, I also have a YouTube channel, which is Journey Traveler, which needs to be updated with new content related to the wide world of animation. I've been reading really extensively recently about the like actual old school animation, both the west and the east side. So I'm hoping to use that to fuel some more discussions about the medium, because there's a lot more out there than just the new fresh stuff coming out of Japan. Contrary to popular belief, there is more than just simul dubs available for watching. Shocker! I mean, you have no idea. Like, there's some old school French stuff that you people have never heard of before. There's like really experimental. Au revoir. Stuff. All that. Bonne nuit. <laughs> and with that, we have uh, reached the end of our night here at the Dub Takia Inn. We hope you enjoyed your visit. Um. Enjoy your night. Uh, free complimentary Tic Tacs on your way out. <laughs> not not dinnermans. Not dinner Not dinnermans. What? <laughs> I told you we had the budget for it. God.
cheapskate. No, we need to save. No, we need to save that money for the giant robot we're building in the backyard. We don't need a giant robot in the backyard. We've gone over this. This is not power base. This is Screw this. Power. I'm going in the hallway. What kind of a podcast doesn't have a giant robot? Think, you gotta think big. Every other podcast. Every think other podcast. Big. Think huge. No, no, we are not getting a giant robot. Have a good night, everybody. I got, I gotta, I gotta get knock some sense to know. Les incompetents. Au revoir, mes amis. Au revoir, mes amis. Aloha, and remember, always tip your spirits. And you wait. Otaku. Have a good night. Otaku on, everybody. Have a good night. Keep it spooky.